What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Game Room Podcast. I'm your host, Rome, alongside uh, the usual co-host, Forrest, but also joined here in person in the Game Room, Devro. Hey, what's up? First time here. <laughs> welcome. Oh, wow, well, he's absolutely there. What the fuck? <laughs> no, yeah, no, he's here in the room. Yeah. This is what this is what not virtual guys do. They they drive to each other's house and they record podcasts. Okay, first of all, you're, you're uh, not... I know about it. Uh, but anyways, we have a awesome show lined up for everybody tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Xbox Developer Direct that got officially confirmed. Uh, PlayStation VR two is it really going to be that good? And we're going to also be talking about Skull and Bones, the delay, and what's going on with Ubisoft. Uh, so, Dev, this is your first time here on the show. Uh, basically, with the way we you know, go about the show is we start with uh, kind of getting everybody caught up to speed with the news headlines of the week. Uh, yep, so the Activision gonna... Blizzard uh, merger. That there, is our news every single week. <laughs> I believe it. There it well, it's just the... So we're, at some... yeah. we're at the stage of the deal where there's just news about it every single week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Real quick before we get uh, get into things, I also oh no, Devro, you're lighting. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to producer Jeff, who's on the ones and twos. You gotta move that a little bit. You're killing me. Oh my goodness. Amateur, just such an amateur going on right now. Amateur lighting. <laughs> I came here. Anyways, anyways, no, it looks fine. So yeah, let's get right into the news headlines. Producer Jeff says we look good, so that's good. All right, Devro. Now Forrest was here for this. Uh, Forrest, do you remember the gamers' lawsuit against, uh, Ac- you know, Microsoft and Xbox against the Activision Blizzard acquisition? You mean the sh- you mean the thing that Sony made up? No, 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 the one that with the gamers that are suing the 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 just the regular yeah, everyday like thing. all ten of them or something. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So and now me- YouTube is like what? Okay, so we're gonna get into why that's the case, but so just to get you caught up, like a, like we we're talking with Forrest. So a few weeks ago, a a group of gamers uh, have come forth and they are suing Xbox uh, to try to stop the Activision Blizzard merger. Um, they do claim that they are mostly PlayStation and Nintendo gamers. One of them says they're an Xbox gamer. I don't believe that for one fucking oh. second. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so basically, they sued ten of them. Oh, you're gonna have to give up with that. That that's not working for you, is it? It will work for like a whole half hour. Anyways, folks, let's get into it. So, let's see here. I got a blanket. I'm ready. I'm waiting for you guys <laughs> to start arguing. Yeah. <laughs> so, part of the court hearings involving random gamers suing Microsoft over its Activision Blizzard acquisition may be broadcast via YouTube. Last month, it was announced that a group of gamers from California, New Mexico, and New Jersey, that makes a lot of sense now, um, were uniting to sue Microsoft over its attempted acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Now it appears that part of that lawsuit could be broadcast for all to see via YouTube. Do it. The lawsuit will be heard. Sorry, what did you say? I said do it. I'll live react to it. (laughs) The lawsuit will be heard in the Northern District of California, according to Foss Parent Patents, a blog run by litigation advisor Florian Mueller. The court of the district offers second-to-none transparency. Because of this transparency, parts of the case could be broadcast 
on YouTube. Quote, that high degree of transparency involves that judges don't let parties overdact, overredact their filings and that key hearings may be broadcast via YouTube. Mueller writes on the blog indicating that parts of the lawsuit, but not the whole lawsuit itself, may be broadcast online. Deborah. Boris, what do you guys what do you guys think about these gamers? I, I just love that it's like that's what they're like they're being referred to, the gamers that are suing Microsoft. I can't wait. Uh isn't there isn't there a countersuit for frivolous lawsuits? The thing is, I, I believe that they're actual gamers. I believe that there are Sony fanboys out there who are legitimately like I don't think it's actually Sony. I think it's Sony fanboys who are like somehow getting angry over this acquisition. I, I, uh, to me, that's ridiculous. Like, what, it's like they don't want to admit that they're actually uh, X. They're like, we like games on Xbox, but we're Sony lads. But yeah, today we're going to say we're Xbox gamers. Because yeah. it's also like, w- in what basement did they find them? I know. I know one of the basements in New Jersey, but the other basements. Like, where did they find this, this, these ten elite gamers yeah, that are them. just not gamers. Like what the seventy billion dollar acquisition? Like they're pennies in this conversation. Like I don't even think uh, Microsoft really like put a lot of time into no, it. They were just no, they didn't. Let them, it's like I was like, let them have their lawsuit. Like yeah, like the, like nobody's nobody. I'm like, okay, yeah, great, cool. Good for them for having this lawsuit. That's amazing. Good for them. Um, who's funding it? And also you're going against Microsoft in a funding war? Yeah, this good luck with that one, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) All ten of you, good luck with that. I can't wait. I I hope it's on YouTube. Could you see like all ten of them in the courtroom and they're like they're like just like in Last of Us t-shirts and like they've got like PlayStation hats, kind of like this hat, but it's like the PlayStation logo instead. Yeah, yeah um, I want I want them to the YouTube it to say I want that kind of coverage they did for the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, but yeah. just for these 10 gamers just getting dunked on by generic Xbox lawyer. Like I I I like I hope they defend themselves too. That would just make it even better. They're just like, yeah, no, we're going to present our own case. And then, like, the lawyers just starts laughing. That would be. Yeah, it's almost comical. Like, well, I can assure you that we here at the Game Room Podcast will absolutely be covering this this live case as it unfolds. And I will be laughing. I can't wait. I'm so excited. This is uh, good content. This is good, stupid American content. Let's do it. This is the content I live for. It's already painful. It's already. It's, Deborah just got here. He's been here for eight minutes. He's like, oh boy, the lights fallen twice, and I'm doing like only production errors on his half too. And you guys are in the same room. Well, so to be fair, like some behind the scenes stuff, like we, we were trying to make it work where we were both going to be on one camera, and it just it, we we're just going to make do this week. This, yeah, what we have now just it needs a little bit of an upgrade, but we're better. We're gonna, it's going to be lighting. Yeah, it it's going to get better. Bear with us. Anyways. I maybe really? I'll maybe I'll come and I'll come do one in person with y'all. We'll do a special. I'm just expecting the ghost boy to be sitting right here. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be cool. The um, ghost boy? You mean Baki? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, Baki. Sorry, I don't know. Bro, I don't know the, the, name. Dude, that's just my shadow with attitude. I guess so. Well, you're probably sitting here in the Fallout uh, for the whole podcast, just like. Yes, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. 
Next up, PlayStation VR 2. The Oculus founder uh, tried it out recently, and he's blown away by it. The following comes from IGN. Oculus founder Palmer Lucky has revealed he was blown away by Sony's upcoming PSVR 2 virtual reality headset. Replying to a tweet from head of PlayStation Indies Shuhei Yoshida, uh, Lucky said that he had the chance to try the new headset recently and has high expectations for its future. Quote, I was blown away when I used PSVR 2 recently, he said. The first PSVR was arguably the biggest success of the generation, and this version will do even better. Uh, PSVR 2 will seemingly be a major upgrade over the original headset, not just because it's being released seven years later, but due to the inclusion of brand new VR-specific controllers. The upgrade in tech was naturally created, has naturally created an increase in price, however. As where the original PSVR was the best budget headset on the market, PlayStation VR 2 costs $550 US, with $50 more required for the... It's fifty more dollars expensive than a PS5 itself. Yeah. So uh, my Which, question to you guys: So, like, Dad, we talk about VR all the time. Yeah. So for me, the price actually makes sense because of how good of a VR headset it is, and like, getting a VR headset with all that specs and just a PC, like, market that's that's that fifty is like a good price. So like, I can see why it's so expensive. It is like fifty dollars more, but it's there's a lot of tech packed into that where it makes it worth it. Or if, if you have the money, it makes it worth it. See, and that's that's the kicker right there, is that it's really expensive, and yeah. you need a PS5 to, to play yeah, it. Yeah. I think that... But if you're already into VR and you're doing it on PC, you know, $1,050 is, is cheap compared to, like... Whoa. No, it's not. $1,050? That's the price of a PC. That's what I'm saying. So imagine doing uh, PC VR where you need the PC and a, a headset. It's $2,000. Yeah, exactly. If you For do anything on- decent, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm in the other camp of like honestly, run it through the console. They are, they are, but the headset itself is five hundred and fifty dollars, and that's the problem. Okay, no, no, no. Five fifty is for so. Okay, for the headset. So if you have the PC, right? Mm-hmm. If you have the PC, you nine times out of ten, you can use your. Uh, like let's say Sony's, it was so it's Sony five fifty. Yeah, yeah, Sony's is five fifty. So Sony, you can you can there is stuff that you can adapt it to your computer. You can also use it on your console. You can do both. Well, so you know well, it's it's a less barrier of entry. So it, uh, the ten thousand, the one thousand dollar one ain't worth it. I ain't gonna pay no. for two. What I was saying is one thousand fifty dollars is for a PS five and the headset. Oh. It's like a bundle package, but what I'm saying is, okay, no, no, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So like, and and the headset itself, right now, it's going to be console locked. Like, you can only use it on PS5. You can't use it on PC. But down the road, if either Sony, either Sony side, where they let it use it on PC, they won't or, do that. Or it gets hacked, like the PS, the PSVR one got hacked, and they use it on PC. If you can use the PSVR two on PC, they're going to sell that like. Kate hotcakes because well, they're gonna you, they, so essentially you're saying we gotta wait until there's a jailbreak a jailbroken yeah. one yeah and you're getting a really good headset for console price it's just to be fair yes but okay so that's that's waiting and at that point the actual one will probably come down too by then by the yeah. time they finally jailbreak it but the thing is like i don't think it's a i don't think the smart business strategy to 
like, hey, when they jailbreak this shit, we're going to sell a lot. No, they don't want to do that. They don't want you to jailbreak it. So, I mean, like, looking at it from their they perspective, want you to get a PS5. They, want you to get a, they want you to drop that 1050 and then the 60 or $70 for each game. Yeah. Like, that's what they want you to do. If you're, It's one of those things where if you're in the PSVR, if you're in the VR market, you see that as like that's oh yeah there, there's an audience but for it for absolutely. new entries that's a big that's a lot to ask for people in right coming out there but also how much is worse and cheaper like sure and I and I and I get that like and I find myself in that situation where I don't like I really want to get a VR headset it's been a few years I think the technology is kind of where I wanted it to be for me to kind of jump in really yeah in terms of a a home option a home alternative not alternative yeah. um. But it's just, it's a lot. Five hundred and fifty, and then I have to buy the games. Dev, what's a, what's a good price for, uh, like what's a good what's a good uh, VR headset? Because you know more about this than I do. So, like, what's, the good one would be Oculus. Biggest, yeah, the biggest one on the market is Oculus Two. And yeah, they're four hundred dollars, five hundred for higher RAM, more memory, and that's a standalone. But they're also micro. I mean, um, Meta loses a lot of money. They sell that as a like oh, yeah. they're selling at a huge loss. Yeah, so I would say if you want to get something good on the PC side, Oculus. $100 you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, honestly. So, and then the so, higher ends for like people who are like just do VR, that's in like the thousands, of course. But mm -hmm. if you're like an entry on PC, you want to spend, I would say at least 600 That's why this 550 is like, it's it can be really, it's, yeah. it can be really that good. That 550 so is so middle of the road. Like you, yeah, you're, it's, it's people who are people who have PlayStation Fives who want to get into VR. This is a lot. That's, you're asking that's, to buy yeah. a second five. Well, you're yeah. essentially that's, buying that's a second PlayStation. Yeah. Right. That's the perspective I'm looking at it from. Because that's the perspective I find myself in. You if know it was I mean? a bad headset, I'd be. I would. It would be the opposite. But a lot of people are saying good things about it. So well, it launches in a month, and I guess we'll see what happens. I, I, I can't afford it at launch, but you know. Yeah. Also, once it's jailbroken, so here's here's what the jailbreak would actually do. So I'm gonna kind of kick the business brain on. Once they jailbreak it, they're gonna actually the price is gonna drop because they're gonna probably start producing a higher quality one immediately. Yeah, yeah. I see that so. too. Yeah, I mean, so, I have to keep an eye on this on the news coming forward. I mean, again, it launches in about a month, and yeah. we'll keep our eyes on it here. One of the cool things yeah, about it. The Oculus, bro. I'm like looking at the Oculus, kind of like. <laughs> it, it has the controller technology in the headset, so like, you'll feel like rumbling. Like if there's an explosion to your left, you'll feel the left side of your. You'll feel like that on your headset. I, I don't know stuff like that's cool. Okay. So your immersion. Yeah, full immersion. Yeah, I, I really want to play it. I just yeah that that price tag at launch is going to be really rough. All right. You could also probably. There's a few options. You could prob. This is gonna sound weird. <laughs> Best Buy might have tech demos of it. Oh sure. So you could really try it out, and if you don't absolutely love it, also, do you know if VR makes you sick or not? I tried it a few times, and I never got sick personally. So when you spend long enough in it, it makes you sick your first couple times. I'm sure, yeah, but you gotta get your VRC legs. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, next up. Well, here, here we're once again back in it. Uh, NVIDIA and Google have reportedly voiced concerns over Xbox's Activision acquisition. The following comes from IGN. Google and NVIDIA have both reportedly joined Sony in raising concerns to the Federal Trade Commission regarding Microsoft's planned 
$69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard, according what? to Blizzard. <laughs> the two companies reportedly contend that by acquiring Activision Blizzard, Microsoft would gain an unfair advantage in the cloud subscription and mobile gaming markets. That said, one source told Bloomberg that NVIDIA, at least, is not expressly opposed to the acquisition, though it did stress the importance of equal access to game titles. The report does not elaborate on either company's other specific concerns. Microsoft is currently a strong contender in cloud gaming alongside NVIDIA with GeForce, with Google Stadia's programming uh, program uh, folding this month, actually. Um, in mobile gaming, though, Microsoft has markedly little presence. Uh, so, I mean, even in the past, Phil Spencer has gone on record as saying that the whole, the biggest thing that about this for them, or one of the big things, is the is the mobile gaming side with Candy yeah. Crush and and King. Um, so, like, what is your guys' take on this? So, like, me personally, and I know we're, we disagree about this, Dev. I, I know we do. Um, whereas, like, for me, this is just Microsoft's competitors are coming out of the woodwork to express concerns. I mean, like the article says, yeah. NVIDIA, they kind of feud with Microsoft in one one industry, and Google, they're also a big competitor of Microsoft's in a whole nother industry. I actually don't think we disagree too much on this, because yeah, they, they are the big competitors for cloud gaming. I mean, it makes sense that they're they're crying over it, you know? I, I don't think it's big enough. I, I, I think this is more of a step your own game up kind of thing. I, wow. You know, we know where what happened with Stadia. They just shut down last year, right? Yeah. This year, they're shutting down or this month. They're yeah, shutting down this month. Yeah, so it's like after launching last year, they yeah, launched last year. No one's using your service not because there's a better service out there. You know, like yeah, get over just, it. Yeah. If your service is better, people would be using yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like Sony might and this is just speculation on my part. It feels like Sony's stirring the pot to like try and find people. Like I guarantee you, like let's say there's a massive data breach. Let's say let's say ten Sony gamers, and I'm using air quotes, uh, decide to uh, ten Sony gamers decide to hack Sony's email, their Gmail account, and they go in and they find that they're shooting emails to out to companies. Be like, hey, how do you feel about this? Like it just feels like. It just feels like Sony's stirring the pot. Like I like I like Sony, but like this is the shit I'm always talking about. Punch up, don't punch down. I agree like, with that. I mean, they like, punch. Microsoft is is up in terms of money. Like, yeah, but they're, in, they're, they're the third or fourth world big, in world. Big, no, in the US, yes. Yeah, in I agree. Hundred percent right. Yeah, ten cents way bit way bigger. But this is like this article is like. This is about streaming, and, and Google and NVIDIA have had issues. Microsoft has the best cloud streaming, period. period. Yeah, that's yeah. just period. Without Activision. It's and, not and, about Activision. And it's still, cloud streaming is still in its baby phases. So, like, you're, you're going to get people... Like, I don't even think Sony had to push that much for this for this issue in particular. Exactly. Stadia's failed. Stadia has failed, so they're they're sour grape in it. It's failing. It's failing. It's Holding on. They literally had to put out an update like yesterday. I don't yeah, even think I made the news list. They put an update for the controller, so the controller had Bluetooth activated now, so you could use it for other places. Yeah, yeah. They had to they had to make it so that their controller could be used elsewhere because their Stadia the the, the, the they failed. Yeah. The controller was going to be a paperweight. But that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying this this like they can fight it, but they have concerns. I, I get why they're voicing concerns, but again, those are you don't. Make a better service and, and 
Word. I agree with that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so for Google, Google is, so like, we got to look into like how they do their business. Google, if something doesn't work in Google, they cut it. So that department isn't going to last much longer anyway. Google doesn't waste time. Google's on to the next thing already. By the time they made the decision that Stadia is gone, they're already working on something else. They're not going to do a Stadia 2. I don't foresee a Stadia 2 or anything of that nature again. I think they're going to actually leave the market and try and go in with somebody. So it, it wouldn't be against us in maybe in our future. We will probably see Google make some kind of gaming streaming deal with Sony. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Yeah, you never know what happens. I do think that Sony's just kind of lobbying. Like, they're just kind of going around. Just like, think- hey, can you, can you, do you have any issues with this at all? Can you just say something? And, it's not, and Xbox is literally just like, bro, who cares? Like, you guys do this shit all the time. Like, we're not, we're even saying we're not going to do what you do. Like, yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, I guess we'll just have to see what happens with this and let's, uh, let's go on to the next one. All right. Naughty Dog uh, will stop announcing games early to avoid studio, studio stress. Uh, you know, so. Why is that news? <laughs> it's, it's, I thought it was noteworthy because, it, it, you know, it's news coming from Naughty Dog, which right now they're PlayStation's biggest developer alongside Sony Santa Monica. Um, but in, in an interview with comicbook.com, Neil Druckmann revealed that uh, in the past, Naughty Dog has experienced issues following the early announcement of its projects. Uh, it reportedly happened with Uncharted 4, and it happened also, rather infamously, with Last of Us Part 2. Um, you, you know, he basically went and did this interview, and he said that, you know, they want to make the finest games that they can, um, and they're probably going to try to avoid crunch culture in the future, and, you know, to take yeah. their time in announcing games. That's Yeah, I like that idea. I think more studios, gaming studios, should wait before they announce a game. Like, wait until the year before. Yeah. Like, stop, stop, stop announcing it. Like, I guess they get, they need hype behind it, but hype dies really fast. And, like, hype can only keep it, keep it going for so long. Like, just wait. Yeah, but, and that's, yeah, and that's, I'm going to agree with Devro on this one. Because, like, with hype, it, it does. Hype has a cycle. And what ends up happening with these early announcements is initial hype, then it dies down, then we wait until it doesn't hype back up. Even if they show us more, it doesn't hype. It doesn't truly hype back up until we see an actual release date, and then the that's the main big hype. And that's also when they start their sales their sales campaign. So it, it does it doesn't even make sense for them to be saying anything. Don't tell me that you're developing, uh. Uncharted 5. I don't care. Show me that Uncharted 5 is coming out next year. Yeah, that's so more exciting. Like, yeah, it's like, thrilling, like, oh, this game's coming out next year. You get and it, it's, Guess what? It's how they used to do it. <gasps> you know what game that we like? was done really well. Fallout 4. Yeah, I remember that. But that they announced it Fallout specifically Fallout 4 because they announced it at that E3. Yeah. And like, you're like, holy shit, Fallout 4. Oh, okay, I guess we'll see this in two years. And they're like, it's coming out in November. In three or four months. Yeah, that was... That was, that was insanely yeah. well done. Yeah. Was it the yeah. best Fallout game? No. 
It was like the third best, in my opinion. I think three and New Vegas were better. New Vegas being the best. Vegas one. Number one. I would say it's two. I didn't like three as much. You get hyped behind it, and now you got to put it out early, and then it gets delayed. Yeah, exactly. I think for me, like, I'm okay with a game getting announced like a couple years out, but it's like, it, it, you got to make sure you generate that hype cycle properly. You have to make sure, like, I'm okay with like a, like, give me like a 10 second teaser, like a year and a half out. Yeah, like, like give me a title. So, so just give me like a like a title card. You know what I'm talking about? Like just like a 20 second thing. Like hey, this game is in is in development. If you do announce it early, right. see you in a year. It's one of those things where if you do announce it early, even two or three years, don't show it to us until you're ready to play. Like Fable, we saw one trailer for Fable, mm-hmm. and they've gone dark. We know they're still working on it, and hopefully when they do show something, maybe it's it's out the year after. So like, you just. You know, show us something, show yeah. that you're working on it, and then just and, go do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, and also to to Dev to Devro's point as well. Um, you when when they go dark, as he just said, it's um they're they're literally like I'm thinking back to the was what was the last press conference, the summer thing. They were like, no news from Fable or like no news from yeah. X Y Z game this year, even though they showed us this last year. And I'm like, bro, shut up! Like yeah. you're the amount of that's negative press. That's like, oh, okay, so you're not done. So you showed it to us too early. Cool. So you don't know how to do your job. You don't know how to manage your time and expectations. It's like I like I prefer the year cycle. Tell me a year out. Show me. Show me at the E3. Either if you want to if you want to do it early, show me at the E3 the year before the E3 that it's coming out. No more than that. Yeah. You you get you get two E3s to deliver me a game you showed me. That is it. And by that second E3, I better see some gameplay. <laughs> and if I don't see that, you then like no, you 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 did you told me too early. Don't like, that's, I don't know what I'm missing until you tell me, and then you tell me, and it's closer than I thought. I get even more excited, and then that creates even hyper hype. There's levels of hype, and it, I, I'm the king of hype. I know this. Like there are levels of hype, and the closer you are, I, I remember. I'll never forget this advice. Um, don't. What was it? It was. Uh, it was a streaming advice, but it actually applies really well to this. Your, your chat does not give a shit about what's coming. Do it, tell them, and then do it. Do yeah. it, tell them about it, then do it. And that's hyper. You know? Give them a month's notice max so that they can plan their schedule around it. That's it. That's the hype. That's how you do the hype. Yeah, you give I them more weeks and you ramp it up. You ramp it up. You ramp it up. Nothing sucks worse than losing, being tired of a game that you never even played. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a great way to put it. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just have to see what happens with that. All right. Uh, moving forward, several Forza Horizon developers leave Playground Games and Xbox to form a whole new studio. Um, Are they also going to make car games? Because I can't care less. So I personally. We'll talk about it. Um, as reported by Eurogamer, former Forza Horizon 5 creative director Mike Brown will lead the new studio and is joined by five other former Playground employees. The development team is at work on a premium open world game for consoles and PC and has already secured significant seed funding. The other developers making the jump uh, to the newly named Maverick Games include Playground's lead producer Tom Butcher, Technical director Matt Craven, technical art director Gareth Harwood, audio director Fraser Fraser Stashen, 
and art director Ben Penrose. Uh, quote, for players, we're already at work on an exciting, ultra-high quality title, and for developers, we're, bu we're building a home where everyone is encouraged to take risks, be curious, be creative, be innovative, be themselves, and above all, be a maverick, the developer said. Um, so Playground Games... Yeah, so Playground Games has been focusing on Fable, actually. Yeah, So bring up Fable again. Part of me kind of wonders, could this team in Forest kind of alluded to it, like, are they just going to make a car game? I mean, if Playground Games is working on Fable and they've been working on Fable for years, I mean, like, could it be a safe assumption that they just want to make car games? Because Forza Horizon is a really good franchise, yeah. really fun open world racing game. Yeah. And it really does the open world genre very well. Um, so, I mean, like, my question to you guys is, did you guys kind of see, see what I'm saying and agree with me that maybe they just didn't want to work on an RPG game like Fable and maybe that's why they left? Yeah, I mean, or they're just maybe they just want to do something on their own. But yeah, it happens. Yeah, I'm excited for whatever whatever they're working on. It'll be cool, I think. Yeah, um, I think I don't even. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even know. Um, it's. Maybe like, something is bad news for Fable. That's that's something. Dude, that I, I don't know. Yeah. I think the fable's fine. I think they're just working on it. They're taking their time. It was kind of what we were talking about in the last news headline. I guess it was a really nice kind of segue into that, where they announced fable. What was it? Four years ago. It was yeah, like the first year of the pandemic, so it was like four years ago. So, like, yeah, like they they announced it. And they've been working on it. Like we we've heard some rumblings about Perfect Dark and the initiative that studio might you know they're dealing with some issues. But there hasn't really been anything about Playground in in a bad shape. I think honestly, Xbox and Microsoft, to their detriment, and it'll pay off dividends. I think I do think it's going to start paying off this year and onward. But like, yeah, they they've been very selective about the games that they're putting out. They want to put out good quality titles, and if that mean if that means that they're going to lean on say Game Pass or third third party releases to get through a year. They're going to do that because they still see it as a profitable thing. Now, I mean, me personally, I kind of find myself at the crossroads of this. I think that if you're going to put out quality content, that's great. That's what you need to do. Have a high bar. But at the same time, you need to manage your studios better. You know, it's been years and like we haven't seen State of Decay 3. Now, granted, there is a developer direct nine days from now. Yeah. So we could a lot of these questions could be answered. But I mean, there's a lot of questions at Xbox Game Studios. Admittedly, we we don't know we don't know the status of Fable. It's been years. State of Decay three, um, the Compulsion Games, who made We Happy Few, they've been working on whatever they've been working on since they were acquired before the pandemic. So we're talking like six years ago, five years ago. So I mean, like it's just a kind of a wait and see type thing where it's like I don't know what's going on with these studios. Maybe we get maybe we get some updates next week. Maybe we don't um quality control is great but i mean they you know they canceled scalebound all those years ago yeah that was a forest ass game scalebound that was a forest ass game yeah i was excited for that too yeah but again it's like that's that was, that was dude that was monster hunter devil may cry that's just like damn yeah well i mean yeah so again next week we're gonna get a lot of these questions answered and we'll see what comes out of maverick games i think that's what's really going to be a big telling point so, what, when they reveal there's this game they're making, what exactly is it? If it's a racing game, if it's like an open-world racing game, then you probably know that they just didn't want to work on Fable. Yeah, I can see that. 
So, like, I don't like that they call themselves that, and that's their logo. Um, because that used to be associated with, uh, I think it used to be associated with Logan Paul. I might be wrong. Um, the whole Maverick thing. And right now, don't want to touch that man with a 10-foot pole. You know, I hope he has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean, but also Xbox isn't, isn't like, like, there's going to be another Forza Horizon. You know, like, they're not putting that title away. No, they're not. So... Well, if you got, you also got to remember that Forza kind of went underwent like a next gen, now current gen yeah, upgrade. That's true. Where we've gone now a decent while since we've seen Forza Motorsport from Turn Ten. Yeah. So that's there's a big rumor that that's going to launch this year. Yeah. That's going to be one of Xbox's big first party titles. We'll have to see. I mean, you know, I can't wait for this developer direct, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But that developer direct next week could be really, uh, really great. Is it? All right, the next one's kind of a small little story. Um, and Deborah, if you want to click on the link for this one, because you're not going to be able to see it otherwise. Um, Toys for Bob, the developer that works at Activision. Activision's kind of had them working on Call of Duty. But uh, before that, they were working on, they did the Spyro games, they did the Crash games, they did, um, uh, what's it called, Skylanders, stuff like that. So they put out a tweet basically saying, like, 2023, this is our year, we're going to, have a great year here at Toys for Bob. And in this tweet, people have pointed out, um, so there's two games shown in this tweet. And in the bottom left, you can see Ghost from Call of Duty, which they've obviously, you know, as along with the, all of Activision, has worked on Call of Duty for the past few years. Um, but in the top left, people are pointing out that there's a little Spyro the Dragon with a 25 over his head. Mm -hmm. uh, people are hoping that this leads to a tease for the 25th anniversary of Spyro, and maybe we get something Spyro this year. People are also pointing out that there's um, some binary behind him, but I have yet to find any information on what that binary could could be. Okay. Because it also kind of cuts off in the image, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, definitely. We got Crash not too long Bro, ago. Bro, we're getting a Spyro NFT. Let's do it. No. Let's do it. We're getting a Spyro NFT, gamers. So disappointing. Producer, so I mean, I'll just let you know now. Producer Jeff, right now, is behind you know, on the ones and twos in the background, is like NFTs, man. Twenty-five year Spyro NFT. It's the biggest year, twenty twenty-three. Let's get it. Toys oh, for Bob NFT Spyro hitting the market. Fund it with Luna. You know, you know. Let's, <laughs> let's try to look. You just made that to so sad. Yeah, that's not that's not great at all. Mm. What what is sad because it's such a possibility. It's such a possibility. It's like Microsoft, please let this deal go through so we can just get a Spyro game. Yeah. Like, please. Uh. <laughs> Bro. All right. Well, now it's time for one of our big news headlines of the week. Uh, so earlier this week, or I guess it was last week at this point because it's Monday, uh, Xbox did confirm uh, that their developer direct is on January 25th. It is a Wednesday uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Nice. Uh, the this is an official release uh, from the Xbox's website. Uh, they said, Xbox and Bethesda will present a developer underscore direct on Wednesday, January 25th, providing fans with an inside look at some of the games coming to Xbox and PC and Game Pass over the next few months. Presented to the game by the game creators themselves from studios including Arcane Austin, 
Mojang Studios, Turn 10 Studios, and ZeniMax Online Studios. The Developer Direct will focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases, and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months, including The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. To dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios' Starfield, a standalone show is currently in the works. Um, they go on to just kind of list the games that I previously mentioned, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport. Uh, they said the team at Turn 10 have been hard at work bringing fans the next generation of Forza Motorsport. Uh, Minecraft Legends, Mojang Studios will showcase an insider's look into the PvP multiplayer experience in Minecraft Legends the upcoming action strategy game from the makers of Minecraft. Um, Redfall, the minds behind Dishonored and Prey, Arcane Austin will showcase several minutes of gameplay from their up upcoming FPS. The developer direct will reveal single and multiplayer gameplay, showing more of how you and your friends will take down bloodthirsty vampires on the picturesque, is picturesque island of Redfall, Massachusetts. Fans can expect to learn more about combat, customization, bosses, and open world, and more. So, number one, I think that this, just confirming it obviously was really good for them to do. Thank God that they actually got in front of the bus and said that Starfield won't be at the show. Yeah. If if they did this show uh, yeah. and Starfield didn't show up, people, people would be, be panicking. Yeah. Just absolutely panicking. Yeah. Um. I, I, but I do like that they set expectations here. Uh, I I think that the way that they're going to do this sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, I think that we while we enjoy the Nintendo Direct structure for just trailer, 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 I, I think going the other extreme and just like, okay, we're going to sit down for 10 minutes and we're going to show you gameplay. Yeah, these are the four games we're focusing on. Here they are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so my my big question that I ponder is, will we see more than what's what they're saying here? I, so, I, think I couldn't give a crap about those things. So I'm excited to see Motorsport. I'm not a Motorsport fan. I like Horizon like the Horizon way, way more. Yeah. I'm excited to see it because it's always it always pushes the yeah. boundary of what what looks good. Yeah. Um but I am excited for Redfall. That that's the one where I've been I've been watching and I'm on the fence about it. I I, I want to see more because it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm dying to see Redfall. I really want to see more Redfall. I'm so I'm so into it. They like, recently said um, it's less like Left, Left for Dead, Dead and more like Fall um Far Cry. Far Cry, yeah. Which which I think I still think it looks great, even yeah, if it's yeah. not Left for Dead. No, I, I think it, it might. I think it. I think it has. What I saw. Yeah, I think it has the co-op of Left for Dead, and that's why people associate Left for Dead with it. And it I think has, they just has yeah, it has four characters that you can choose from, and that's why. Yeah, I think so. But I think again, I think the game looks incredible. Arcane Austin's put out some great stuff. I'm a big Dishonored fan. I enjoyed those games. Yeah. Um, and also I am really excited to see Minecraft Legends. I mean, okay. uh, we enjoyed Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. We played that, and I'm I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued by this by this action strategy game. I like strategy games personally. Like Fire Emblem comes out this week. I'm so excited. But you know. Yeah, I, so I'm excited to see those two games, and like you said, I'm excited for Forza just to kind of see where we're at graphically with that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I have Game Pass, so I'm playing all these games no matter what. <laughs> so, but definitely yeah. more excited for the Starfield reveal when that when that happens. Yeah, I would, I would have cared if Starfield was on the list. Uh, it's cool that it's getting its own thing, but like 
I also don't care that much about Starfield that it needs its own thing. I, like this, so I'm a casual. I'm a casual. I'm a filthy casual, and I don't. I I don't care about Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft in my entire life. Like I'm sure there. You, like you said, you played Dungeons and you liked it. I'm not a Minecraft guy. I couldn't give a crap about the car. If the car gets me from point A to point B without breaking down, it's a good car. Excellent. Ten out of ten. Don't care. Um, also, if it saves me money on gas, good car. Um, that's as far as I get in the cars. Couldn't give a shit otherwise. Um, dude, I'm still missing a hubcap. Anyway, um, uh, the, the, the Redfall, I can't do scary. So I'm, I'm kind of out on that. It doesn't look bad. Yeah, yeah. Dude, if I get jump scared once, I'm screwed. I don't think it's, I don't think For it's like that, a week. that scary. Plus, didn't you play Phasmophobia? Yes, and I stayed in the truck the whole time and stole the people's shoes. That's like last night when we were playing the uh, Zombicide, and she was on the, uh, oh, yeah. the dumpster. <laughs> I literally, so all the shoes are in the front foyer, and I just kept taking shoes and putting them back into the truck. And I was, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm starting a shoe business. I ain't going in that house. <laughs> or so I would love for you to play Gone Home. Oh, yeah. But don't say anything. I won't, I won't. Wait, what happened? Or Forrest, you should play a game. It's called Gone Home. Like you know, I will check it and I will look at the reviews. No, don't check it. it. Don't check it. Don't check it. I just want you to like just play it. Just, just play. If you live stream Gone Home, I will hang out in your live stream the entire. It's time. a really short game. You could finish it in one sitting. Yeah, it's it's hey, not. I very could use Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. It was literally just, just walk forward. Me. Just trust me. I don't trust you. <laughs> That's exactly what. Trust me. Yes. That's messed up, man. You should trust me. I'm very trustworthy. I feel like the game's normal until the very end, and then there's one jump scare or something. I'm just saying. I'll tell you, if you play, play Dead Space. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what. Yeah, we could do like a special where like Forest Reviews going home. There you go. Here on the game room. No. <laughs> it's just me just cursing the whole time at you. <laughs> hey, man. Like, I don't want to comment either way. I just think you should play it. I anyway. can figure out the vibe within two seconds. Is it free? I don't know if it's free. Oh, I'm definitely not going to play that. It's on the Xbox Store or on Steam. If you get if you get a Steam if you get a stream key, maybe. I have it on Xbox. I'll t- like I'll tell you what. Next time you come and visit, we'll play it. Oh, it's a no. really short game. It's a short game. It's not long. Even just me being in the room is enough. No, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. Ugh. Well, while Forrest is getting his life together, let's move on. All right, so PlayStation uh, has announced the games coming uh, in January to the PS Plus game catalog. Just going to run through it real quick and see if any of those games interest you guys at all. Uh, So coming this month to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium members, uh, Back for Blood, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Devil May Cry 5. Hey! Life is Strange Before the Storm. No. The original Life is Strange. Really like Life is Strange and Before the Storm. Uh, Jet the Far Shore. Just Cause 4. Mm. Omno. And Erica. Um, coming to PlayStation Premium, PS1 Games, Siphon Filter 3, Star Wars Demolition, and Hot Shots Golf 2. So... I think that there's a really strong list of titles here. My biggest thing is what I have said about PlayStation Plus is um, 
PlayStation Plus is great for you if you've like been in a coma for like ten years and like you wake up and you're like, I want to play all the video games. Like, absolutely, you should get PlayStation Plus. But like, honestly, like is like is Dev? Is there any game on this list that you want to play that you haven't yet? On the list you just said, no. Okay, because the same thing. Yeah, there's good games on this list, but I played them. And what about you, Forrest? Uh, so Devil May Cry Five. If you have not played it, play it. It's amazing. It's arguably the most Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. Um, also, if you get to play as Virgil, ten out of ten. Um, though honestly, uh, DBZ Fighters for free. You've played these games, correct? I've never played the Dragon Ball Z Fighters. I'm actually oh. watching what uh, uh, producer Jeff's got up on the screen. And I'm like, I like these kind of games. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, Fighter Z is pretty cool. Yeah, we would play a lot. We would play this a lot. We yeah. would play this a lot. Yeah, it's a cool game. But again, I mean, it's just like, I guess it's cool for those who who haven't. Yeah, sure, it is. But it's know, not like, something you can buy the service for. I've I've been pretty critical about this sh- about PlayStation Plus on on the podcast. Buy the service, get your game, and turn it off. <laughs> I like, I bought it. We bought. I bought it in May. You were there when I bought it. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What tier do you need for the PlayStation to get the uh, the Dragon Ball Z game? That's just the uh, the extra tier. So it's the uh, middle tier. PlayStation middle tier. Premium. It's called premium. Premium. It's not premium plus. It's just premium. Oh, it's PlayStation Plus premium. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, it's very confusing. It's like Pass Ultimate. There you go. That's it. Price. Okay. So it costs one month subscription is eighteen dollars for potentially two fifty dollar games. Just download. That's not bad. If you if because Devil May Cry Five is as a very high replayability game. That's this is a good month. This is a good month for it. Actually, those are two really good titles. Their last few months haven't been that great. This is a pretty good month for them, in all fairness, in terms of the games that are actually coming. Those are two really good, because what is it? For the whole year, it's 120 Let's just say 120 And then for one month, it's $18. I would just get it for a month. $18, you're getting two games that are well still worth $30 each piece on Steam. How much are they on Steam? Now I'm curious. Uh, Steam, DBZ, Fighters, Christ. I'm like, I'm trying, we're doing math. Okay, it's on Steam, it's still $60. And then, uh, Steam, uh, DMC5 price. DMC5 price is $30. So you're getting, you're saving a shit ton of money for like, you're, you're spending 20 bucks to get um a value of eighty dollars and then just cut the subscription right away so to be clear you have to be subscribed to continue to use the games oh they're not just downloadable no oh never mind it's not worth it don't do it just go buy your own <laughs> game own your games own your games gamers abort abort <laughs> I bought it abort well, abort well, mission that was a great like three minutes that's just Fuck, go weird. back go back <laughs> Bro, I did all that math for nothing. I didn't know that you didn't understand that. Yeah, like at least no, with Game Pass, it's not worth it. At least with Game Pass, you can do... is worth keeping. Yeah. That's just a great party game for when the hardcore fighter fans come over, and you just 
dunk on each other for like a couple hours. That's peak partying. Producer Jeff saying that Dragon Ball Fighter Z looks awesome. It does indeed. It literally looks like you're watching the show. It's it's really good. It is, and it's a it's an old school uh, producer Jeff. It's an old school. Uh, it's a two D fighter, size two D fighter, uh, yeah. done by Arc Systems, and they're they're like the top tier of two D fighters. Oh, looks awesome. All right. So, anyways, enough of the math. <laughs> and Forrest trying to figure out if PlayStation Plus yeah. is worth it or not. <laughs> Buy your own games. Do not do this steam crap. It's like the meme. It's like the meme where it's like all the math the yeah. symbols are flying past her head, and like that's forest. She's like, is it worth it? <laughs> and it's really yeah. I'm just adding up to a hundred, so it's not even that complicated. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, uh, not related to the topic, but it is Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft Plus could arrive on Xbox this month, according to a rumor going around. Um, there is a possibility that Ubisoft Plus could be making an appearance on Xbox platforms this month. According to updates uh, made to a string of Ubisoft titles last week, uh, it's been noticed that a string of the titles on the Xbox store have, were uh, on the store specifically for Xbox platforms had been made free for seemingly no reason. Um, it was more than a year ago that Ubisoft itself stepped out to declare that its advantageous subscription service would be ported to Xbox at some point, but until now, no further news had been shared. Um, this is basically Ubisoft's like entire library um, for Ubisoft Plus, which we're going to talk about Ubisoft later, so I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, but th So this service, I believe, has already been on PlayStation, and I, I mean, it would be a good idea to get that on Xbox. I mean, yeah. maybe they can even strike a deal with Game Pass, like EA Play has a deal with Game I Pass. Would say that. I, would, I think it would make way more sense just to make a deal with Game Pass, put your games on there. Cause, I don't know. I mean, but you gotta, cut, you gotta cut Microsoft a check, but like, so many more people are gonna play your games that way. Nobody wants to buy another subscription, you know. But keep in mind, Sony loves shelling out that Assassin's Creed money. Yeah, they do. It's they do. Sony guys, definitely called guys, We're like, forgetting. We're forgetting. Those ten gamers will sue over that too. Yeah, well, you know, Mr. Sony, he's like, hey, Ubisoft, you know, here's some money. Just keep it off Xbox. Don't put it on Game Pass. Like, yeah, checks yeah. in the mail. I guess it, it's true. It's facts. It's factual. It's literally facts that it literally happens. But for legal reasons, it's not facts. <laughs> right, exactly right. It's one of those things. <laughs> it's like the elite on BTE today for us saying like, "Oh, we had a stressful week." Like we know they met with CM Punk. All right, like just stop. Well, anyway. I'm so out of the loop on anything wrestling. I don't even watch the news anymore. That's that's your fault. That's your problem. You guys though. Appreciate what time? That. What time do you guys do your podcasts? Well, we usually do Wednesdays well, at 10 p.m. and Fridays at 11 p.m. for the Broken Tables podcast. Whoa, those are really good times. Yeah, except for this week, I'm working Wednesday night, so check us out Thursday nights at eight o'clock. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Medication. We'll figure it out. Anyways, is this a trailer for the new one? I have to look Producer at Jeff. Jeff. Producer Jeff, let's see. Yeah, this looks like the new one. Yeah, this Mirage. is a Mirage, which we will talk about as well later. In the meantime, Microsoft announced this past week that they are making changes to the Xbox console in our homes in pursuit of carbon negativity. Huh? Exactly. What? What is that? <laughs> so Microsoft is on a mission of sustainability for us. Um, 
you are aware that gaming consoles technically do create carbon, which is bad for the environment, correct? Carbon negativity. What does it mean to be carbon negative? Well, it's when you have... What do you the mean? Math, the math is appearing again. <laughs> Anyways, Xbox has updated their consoles. Uh, users on the Xbox Insider program will notice that their consoles now default to full shutdown mode rather than standby sleep mode. Uh, Microsoft has been working to reduce the boot-up time of the Xbox Series consoles to a few seconds, even from a cold power-off state and shutdown mode. will also retain the ability to update games, apps, and system features overnight. Uh, Microsoft says the shutdown mode uses up to 20 times less power than sleep mode, which will multiply carbon savings when scaled up to millions of Xbox users now and in the future. Those that want to keep standby mode will get a new active hours feature to control when and if they want to move their console into a low-powered state. Um, it's like a reverse sleep timer for your TV. Kind of. So, so for us, to, to put this in like as basic as we possibly can, all electronic devices, video game consoles, PCs, all that stuff, they do technically uh, hurt the environment. Yeah. So, Basically, the point of this is to make it so Xbox has a more carbon-friendly footprint. Yeah, no, I'm reading that. So, because there's no way to actually go negative, there is, so essentially it's just the most you can do or create programs that will offset more carbon than is being put out. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's essentially, in their case, because there's no way for them to actually offset the carbon, it's to to limit the carbon to the lowest possible point, which would be the things that you just said. I really thought they made that shit up. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I was like, carbon negative. What was that, producer Jeff? I was saying it sounds like a lot of scientific mumbo-jumbo speak to me where they, they say a bunch of words you don't understand, but you think you understand them, and you're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> buzzwords. Buzzwords. So, so this is actually a funny thing. I, if I recall, this was like years ago. We're talking like a decade ago. Uh, I remember reading like an article back during like the 360 PS3 Wii days. I think it was a Game Informer article where I think out of the three consoles, the Wii was actually the worst for the environment. Just because, it, just because like it just didn't care. It's just like I'm a Wii. I'm gonna destroy the world. <laughs> but what's up to TJ in the chat joining us here live on the Game Room podcast? And thank you to everyone that's currently watching us. Currently at nine likes. If someone in the chat could help us out and get us to ten, that would be really awesome. We need to give we need to give a shout out to Day Trading Doge though. He had a bomb bomb joke earlier that only producer Jeff and I caught. Oh, let me see. Oh, when we were talking about Forza. When we were talking about Forza, he's like, "I am dog pedal." Like, Paul's no reach pedals. That's really funny. Oh, Purple's here too. Hi, Purple. Sorry, producer Jeff is supposed to tell me when the chat happened. I just happened to look. Anyways, it's okay, producer Jeff. You're doing a great job with the B roll. B roll is Yeah, B roll is fucking fantastic. All right. This one's kind of a mumbo. I feel like this one's going to end up being like a mumbo jumbo type thing, but I felt like it was worth mentioning. Um, I, learned, I learned something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Amazon Game Studios executive has stepped down as the unit struggles with hit titles. Following's from Bloomberg. Another veteran is executive is leaving Amazon's video game division, which has struggled to produce big hits since it launched a decade ago. John Smedley, who has three decades of experience in the industry and ran the Amazon Games Studios office in San Diego for six years, told staff Wednesday he's stepping down. 
Smedley joined Amazon in 2017 and has worked on various projects, none of which have been released. After a lot of thought, I've decided it's time for me to try my hand at something new, Smedley said in an email to staff that was reviewed by Bloomberg. Andy Seitz will step in as studio head while Smedley wraps up and helps with the transition, according to the letter. Uh, he says that John is a game industry legend and we're grateful for his contributions to Amazon games over the past six years, uh, Amazon said. His team remains focused on bringing their unannounced projects to life. John is committed to staying on until the team is fully transitioned before he moves on to pursue something new. Amazon first launched Amazon Game Studios in 2013 and has spotty success so far, canceling several games and releasing one, Crucible, that was shut down after a month. Current and former employees pinned the blame for Amazon's video game woes on former boss Mike Frazzini, who resigned last year. His successor, Christopher Hartman, or Christoph Hartman, has made big bets such as a deal to publish the next game in the popular Tomb Raider franchise. Um, when I was so like when I was making the script this week, guys, and I saw that Amazon Games has been around for a decade, I was like, that's not true. There's no way. Because you because like other than the Crucible, which I remember shutting down after a month, I was like, what else have they put out in a decade? And yeah. they haven't put anything out. No, so what about New World? An MMO. That's not out yet, is it? Ark? What about Ark? Lost Ark? Last Ark? No, Ark's not from Amazon. I don't think it is. Oh, I thought it was. Lost, Lost Ark is, but not Ark. I think you're thinking of two different games. Yeah, you're thinking of Ark Survival. Yeah. That's not Amazon. I thought New World was out. I could be wrong. I thought it came out two years ago, actually. And that, that game, I've, I've heard okay things about it, like 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But, like, yeah, there's nothing. Amazon Games hasn't put out anything noteworthy yet so i can if he i can see him leaving out of frustration you they know only published it. they only published it. only published in north america europe latin america australia and new zealand by amazon games so tj in the chat's asking who's the new guy so this is uh one of our new okay, what's up? this is our new co-host this is devro so so devro you know like we we didn't really do an icebreaker or anything. Debra, what's your favorite game of all time? I'm gonna drop a huge question on you right there. I know. No Bro. thought, no plan. What like Bro. what's your like just just give just like just just pick a game. Pick a game. Just pick a game that you love a lot that you wouldn't like, you know, later down the line you could be like, okay, yeah, that is one of my favorite games. Uh, yeah, either way. This isn't your top twenty. I think we did a top twenty. Yeah, we did do a top ago. we're gonna have to redo it for the podcast okay. at some point. That'll be fun. That's fine. I'm gonna say Halo. I'm gonna say Halo Three. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember you love Halo Three. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. It's a good one. I like Halo Reach more. I think Halo, Halo Reach is awesome. Halo Reach is fucking incredible. But I Halo like. 3. I think Three was the peak though. Two was like the hype. Three was the top. It was the peak point. I see. I disagree because I love Reach. I think Reach is the best Halo game. Reach is good, and I think Halo Two has like the crown. I think. As like the most beloved Halo game. Yeah, yeah. Halo Two is definitely the most beloved. Halo Three was like, like he, you know, that was my, for me. That was that was my. That's game. the hype. Halo Three is the hype, and then Reach is like, okay, guys, like we made Halo Two, we made Halo Three. Here, here's here's the end of our symphony of Halo, and it's Reach, and Reach is just the best one in my opinion. Yeah. To be fair, that was the only campaign I played. Reach. Uh, yeah. It's so good. You get to make a custom character. Let's go. TJ says uh, Amazon published Lost Ark, New World, and Crucible. Uh, out of all the big tech companies, Amazon did the best, barring Microsoft, of course. Yeah. 
TJ is pretty knowledgeable. He hangs out in the chat. He's a good guy. But all right, so you know, Amazon. Hopefully, they can keep knocking away and hitting those. Uh, hit make maybe get a hit at some point. Money shouldn't be an issue, you know. No, it shouldn't be. So, well, like again, they're going to be publishing the Tomb Raider game coming to the next Tomb Raider game. Okay. So. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean. And I think Square Enix, not Square Enix, because Square Enix sold Crystal Dynamics. Crystal Dynamics is still making that game, I believe. Oh, cool. I believe. Like, I'm not 100% on that. Uh, I think we talked about it here on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Were they bought by Tencent? They were bought by Embracer. Embracer. Yeah. Another big one, yeah. yeah. It's just another shadowy figure in the yeah. gaming landscape that nobody talks about. Like, Embracer, Tencent. They're just going to pretend these guys don't exist. Like, Who are okay. they? Who's Tencent and Embracer? What have they done? Exactly. I mean, they publish a lot. I think they're mainly Tencent. Tencent has like their has, they're in everything. Like yeah. you gotta watch out for them. They're yeah. they're yeah. all like, yeah, big yeah. time. Like like producer Jeff just said, big time mogul in China. Just kind of similar. Like we talk on the Broken Tables podcast about Saudi, the Saudis, and how they were dipping in everything. China is yeah. basically yeah. doing the same thing. They're just they're just trying to get their hands in all the pots. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> Moving on. PlayStation 5 version 7.0 to include Discord and cloud streaming for PS5 games. The following comes from Insider Gaming. Uh, their sources have provided information on what to expect with the upcoming PlayStation 5 7.0 update scheduled for March. Uh, the update scheduled for March 8th will include full Discord integration that was revealed back in 2021. I'm kind of surprised it took them that long to get that. Two years. That. Yeah, right? For Discord? Um, isn't it? It's already available on Xbox, yeah. and PlayStation yeah. owns Discord. Don't they? So wait, wait, wait. Question. Wait, what? PlayStation? I didn't know that. Um, but so wait. Uh, how is the integration in, integrate integration with Xbox and Discord? How is it? Like, for have you used it? I haven't used it, but yeah. I, I've heard good things about it. I've heard it's it's great. It just so it like just... can you still use Xbox Chat and PlayStation Chat as well? Oh yeah. I, I don't know if they can run oh. at the same time. But I think the Discord, it just kind of takes the place of the Xbox Party system. Which, that was already a good system. I think that just makes it better. Yeah, Discord. I've heard nothing but good things. I haven't used it personally, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so about time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Insider Gaming also understands that the public beta for PS5 7.0 update uh, will start in the coming days. The, com the completion date ending around January 30th. Um... Oh, I missed another a part of it. Uh, in addition to Discord integration, sources have revealed that PS5 games will also be streamable on the PS5 via cloud streaming to save that all-important drive space. Uh, it was said that this feature will be included in the PS Plus Premium tier. So you, know, you got to buy the PS Plus Premium for that. Uh, the feature, which is under the project name Cronus, has been in development and testing for a number of months, sources revealed. So, yeah, this news is kind of just like, it's kind of about time. You have Xbox really killing it in the stream, in the cloud streaming department, and then also Discord's running better on Xbox. Um, to put it behind a paywall is kind of dumb, I think. Yeah. What's going behind a paywall? Sorry. This the cloud streaming on PlayStation. I mean, uh, is that the lowest tier? No, the premium is the highest one, I think. Yeah, that, that to me, that's a little weird. Yeah. But like Sony. All right. So the next one, um, the next news headline, where I'm going to actually invite producer Jeff in, and we didn't talk about this, but this this news headline is pretty good for him, I think. Uh, so Warzone 2 has lost more players uh, than it expected. 
Uh, according to Insider Gaming, uh, things haven't been going great for Warzone 2 players since its November launch. From claims of cheating to crashing to other bugs, players don't appear to be very happy, uh, and it's caused a significant amount of sim to simply stop playing. Uh, Twitter user Charlie Intel, who's been known for Call of Duty content, they're like the big Call of Duty news leaker. Okay. Like they're they're the authority on Call of Duty news. Is Charlie yeah. Intel? That's where you go. Just like filling Devro in because he doesn't play a lot of Call of Duty. Nor nor does Forrest. Um, so the following came from Charlie Intel. Uh, we've heard from multiple people that Warzone 2's player count dropped over the Christmas break at a higher rate than expected. Uh, it's unclear what it all means or what will change at this point. Hope we get some good updates soon. Uh, YouTuber Jgod then followed the report up with a chart that appears to show just how big the drop has been since its November launch. Uh, Producer Jeff, you can look at the chart on the article. Um, after the peak of 452,093 players on Steam in mid-November, it has fallen all the way down to 121,913 as of January 11th of this year. Uh, that's just a drop over 73. Something just happened upstairs. I think a cat just knocked something over. Uh, that's a drop of just over 73% of from its launch numbers, uh, looking at the last month alone. Um, so, Producer Jeff, talk to me. You play Warzone 2. Uh, yeah. what, 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 what's going on with it for you? So, it's the fact that there's just no skill gap, really. You know, there's... There's a lot of things that you can tell they've put in place into this game to narrow the skill gap to where they're trying to just keep everybody down at a 1.0 KD. And I get it from their point of view. They want to make as many people as possible be able to start playing the game right away when they, when it comes out. And, you know, technically it worked. They they made a billion dollars in their first, what was it, their first couple weeks? Yeah. But after that, the player numbers have just completely dropped off of a cliff like when PUBG is beating you in active players, that's that's bad. That's really bad. Whoa. So what? No, PUBG's beating them? God damn. PUBG's like yeah. fell off. L plus yeah. ratio, bro. So So here's the thing, right? So I stopped playing Warzone 2. Um, my reason for stopping was the fact that they haven't come out with the combat record for it yet. I'm a stats based guy and when I play competitively. I like to be chasing a goal so like when i was playing modern warfare 2's multiplayer i'm working on gun camos so that for me is the goal like how like i want to get all the gold guns and then when i'm done that i'm going to move on i've maxed out my level though so i have to wait for the next season to get some more levels to want to jump back into it but for warzone 2 they were supposed to come out with a combat record so you could track your wins they delayed it i don't understand how you have to delay that tracking on a call of duty game by months, like it's been months at this point. We're like two months into Warzone 2, and there's no, there's like the combat record's well, just non-existent. Because uh, they realized if they started revealing all of the stats that they track, it's going to reveal some of the things that they've done in the game to narrow that skill gap I'm talking about. So they may, in, they may delay that indefinitely, to be honest with you. Dude, they're oh. tracking so many different things, it's not even funny in this game. So here's where, so here's where it gets like my my opinion on it kind of gets a little like Call of Duty fans aren't going to agree with this. Um, I don't think there's an issue with the game itself. Yeah, I've heard good stuff about I, it. I I think it's I think it's a phenomenal battle royale. Uh, it's not mm -hmm. as good as Blackout. It's really not. It is. I, I heard it's better than Warzone One. It's a hundred times better than Warzone One, and I think for me, 
the biggest reason for the drop in player count, and this is just my own personal opinion, of course, is that their Call of Duty gamers are Call of Duty gamers. It's just, and I don't know how to say it better than that. They're a large percentage of Call of Duty players. They get Call of Duty, maybe Madden, maybe 2K. They come out that year. They might get that. They like cars. They might get Forza or Gran Turismo, whichever console they're playing on. And then that's it. And I think that that section of Call of Duty fans that just go back to Call of Duty year in and year out, they don't want it to change. And I think that Warzone 1 was just an extension of Call of Duty Modern Warfare's 2019 Modern Warfare's multiplayer, which I thought was terrible in my opinion. Um, by ex- extension, I thought Warzone 1 was absolutely awful. Um I think Warzone 2 is a really cool game in and of itself. And I think that it strays away from Call of Duty. I think that they, for like, Warzone 1 was a Call of Duty game stretched into a Battle Royale. Warzone 2 is a Battle Royale. That would be the way I view it. Yeah. And I, and I think it, works best. it does. It's a better Battle Royale than Warzone 1. But the Call of Duty fan base, they are going to look at Warzone 2 and say, I just want to play Warzone 1. Because they don't want to play Battle Royale. And that's the kicker. And that was the whole big thing like with Call of Duty investing in Battle Royale. Is it, it, it's not about whether you're a good Battle Royale. It's can you get your Call of Duty fan base to jump on board with it. Okay. And, and for me, that's my... like. I mean, I've been playing games for a long time, as we all have. That's That's my experienced, educated mind calling the shot on that. And I think that's what it is. I think that they went out and they made a real Battle Royale and Call of Duty players did not like it, so they left. Battle Royale players tend to stick with the Battle Royale, so therefore PUBG, people have been playing PUBG for a fucking decade, they're going to keep playing PUBG because that's their Battle Royale. I mean, I would still be going back to Blackout if the crowds were there, if people were playing it. I'd go back to Blackout to this day. But it's a Call of Duty game, so people moved on. I'm also kind of wondering, they said it was unexpected numbers, so I'm like, I'm wondering what they were expecting. It to, games drop off all the time, like that's, your game will always drop off. Yeah, well, I, I think for them, the fact that I think, what was the number I said? It, it dropped down by like almost 300,000, 400,000, wasn't that's it? That's alarming, that's a lot. That is yeah. a lot over, keep in mind, it's January. Like, we have people who just got new consoles for Christmas, new PCs for Christmas. Yeah, you're like, right. people who bought Modern Warfare 2 and, like, oh, Warzone 2 is included, even though you can get it separately. Like, some people don't know that. Like, to to be going into January with a multiplayer game and, and you're dipping yeah, by that right. much, that's it's not great. Yeah. yeah. And to specify, right. I'll specify real quick, a couple of things I know turn people away from the game is you can hold as many self-reses in your backpack as you have spaces for. So you could literally self-revive yourself six or seven times if you had the oh. space in your bag. That's insane. That's horrible. That. That's, that's interesting. Why that's, isn't that then, the number one way to play? And then in the Battle Royale, there's AI in the game that if you go near them, you know, one shot, they take all your armor. And if they come up behind you inside a stronghold, you get killed by AI, and it feels terrible. And that's one of the main things that I hear a complaint about right now. A lot of people say this has the chance to become the best battle royale ever. They just need to tweak a couple of things that turn away certain players, you know? I can see that. So my, my rebuttal to the AI thing is, it kind of goes to what I'm saying is... I thought you were going to say get good. They, <laughs> no, 
Yeah, I am going to say that firstly. Um, secondly, it's like, well, it's called a stronghold. It's very clearly listed on the map. You should definitely tread carefully when going to a stronghold. You're right. Um, my thing is, is that no. it's what I'm saying where Call of Duty players want Call of Duty. And, to, and I'm going to give Infinity Ward the credit here that many might not give them. They sat down with Warzone 2 and they were like, let's make an let's make a battle royale. Let's do what ideas do you have? What I like bring your ideas in. Let's look at what the other battle royale games are doing. Like let's try to like and let's do something new. So the DMZ thing is a whole big new thing for them. And and for me at the end of the day, I think people that play Call of Duty Warzone, they should just stay on multiplayer. Like I I think that's what it comes down to. It's like that's what they want. That's what they want. That's what they're gonna get. They're all playing shipment. That's, that's honest. Why, you want to know why four hundred thousand people stop playing Warzone two? Because they're playing fucking shipment on Modern Warfare two, and shipment is dog shit. It is. You know what I'm playing now? Huh? I'm playing the um, damn, what's it called? It's the big Warzone. Um, it's not the Warzone, but it's like the large map multiplayer. Uh. Oh yeah, see, but that's what I'm saying. So they add. He, he, damn it. Producer Jeff hitting the nail on the head. They literally put TDM on the Warzone map. Just like. Just play multiplayer. Like, that's the problem. It's like the Call of Duty fans, they want to play the What's multiplayer. The name, and that's man. fine for them. Ground War. Ground War is probably my favorite thing to do right now. It's it's uh, capture the points. There's A, B, C, D, and E. And each uh, team has five points. Uh, or, you know, there's five points for you to capture. I love Ground War right now. But I think also, like you said, the game's been out for two months. And like Jeff said, you can see potential in it if they change a few things. So I think you just give it time. Like yeah, I mean we'll see. They'll they'll add stuff. They'll take away stuff. They'll make it better. They'll make it a, a better. Okay. For, yeah, for... but you're gonna want you wanted to have that shit iron out before. Yeah, of like, course. You they do. should be they should be fixing that right now. Like yeah, it yeah. should be done and fixed already. That should have been like day one, month one. That's the whole point of what. Is probably gonna fix it. They were trying something completely new with this. You know, they they changed the formula in a way. So. You kind of have to, you're going to, it's going to be bumpy. People were expecting one thing and they got something a little different. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, so season two launches in February, I believe February 1st. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'll be tuning back in because my level cap will raise, so I'll be back in there playing. Okay. And no, I mean, we'll talk about it as we go on. All right, this next news headline. I'm going to pop Forrest. He's going to love it. I swear to God. Are you ready for this? Scalebound revival could be underway. Scalebound was an ill-fated title from the beginning, suffering immeasurably at the hands of delays and ultimately a full-scale cancellation of the product of the project. It was revealed in 2014, penned to release in 2016, pushed back to 2017, and then at the start of that year, it was canceled by Microsoft, the slated publisher. Now, in a discussion on the Xbox Era podcast. It has been directly suggested that Scalebound may be scheduled for something of a revival. In a breakdown that lasted a couple of minutes, uh, co-founder and co-host explained that Platinum Games might be working on with Xbox to bring the Scalebound project back to life. Dude, it's Platinum Games. Ah! Yeah. Ah! Do you remember? I think it was last year when the, the developer for Platinum Games reached out to Xbox. Uh, they said they reached out to Xbox and were like, "Hey, we messed up. Can we try? Can we, can we try again?" And like everyone like retweeted it and like it got like big. 
they're working on skin. Yeah, that's that's super exciting. That's super exciting. See, like that's that's the Xbox. That's the move by Xbox right, right. there. Because here, here's um, the thing: when you think about where this all started, right? We talk about Scalebound. Yeah. That was where this all started. Where they were like, I'm like looking at the B-roll, and I'm like, I want it. It looks like Final Fantasy. It looks like Final Fantasy World, mixed with dragons from um, Monster Hunter, with freaking uh, Devil May Cry Four Nero on his back. Yeah, remember they even also look how close. Look how close this looks to what ended up being Devil May Cry Five Nero. I also it's want almost, to it's insane. How also, I always found it really funny that the main character in this totally looked like Forrest at the time that this was revealed. <laughs> he doesn't look the same now, but like that was basically his look back then. With a real so slim good. shady, with a real slim Forrest, please stand up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Scalebound's where it started, and I think Xbox getting that, P- it's like the game itself, great coming back, but just the announcement, like that PR, like that's going to be really good for them. And, and you know, I. I do believe that we're gonna see Scalebound someday. That's cool. I, I want it. I yeah. want it. Don't don't do me dirty again. <laughs> oh, it gives me numbers. Number gives me dopamine. Dude, oh, I just want to dunk on everybody in this world. Ugh, bro. If they do, if they fuck it up again, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I don't think they will. No, I think they'll do it well. It'll look better. I think the issue they were having in the original was the engine. It was an well, engine. And that's that... the thing. Is like, look at this. How old is this footage? Yeah. This is reveal footage. Yeah. This still looks this good. This is old. So, like, this is this looks like uh, seven years old. This looks like, um, what's it called? Uh, 15. Yeah. I agree with the that. Same level graphics of 15. I mean, it's platinum. Platinum does really well, you know? Like, I mean, platinum does really good well, style. Well. Yeah. I I've never seen them. This was supposed to be their big budget AAA uh, yeah. game. So I honestly I say hey, just do do the do a, if you if you're still screwing up on the graphics, like lower down the graphics, get a little more worked art style, because your 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 platinum games, aka Clover, and um just you know have fun with it. Just finish the damn game. TJ says in the chat, Scalebound will only work well if Microsoft actually manages them well. And and yeah, so I mean that's a conversation that we even had earlier here on the pod. I mean, Xbox needs to do a better job at managing. I mean, it wasn't their fault that they had I mean, they were, Scalebound. Yeah, they weren't happy with Platinum's work. So I mean, like Platinum isn't a subsidiary of Xbox. Like they're just yeah, they're just publishing it. Um but I don't know. I'm hopeful for Scalebound. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Also, like, so they got – and think of just the innovations that have come out since then. You have all your Final Fantasies, Monster Hunter World, Rise. They're all, like, top-tier things that they could be pulling from. Like, these monster designs are peak. Oh, my God, he just devil-triggered. Ugh. <laughs> yes. 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 Pop Fair off, my child. Forest-ass game. This is the most. This is this is every game I like mashed in the one. <laughs> really? The, I got, let me just make, and then you let if you let me make my character done, done. I'll, I'll give you all the money. I'll play the entire DLC. I will stream every minute of this game. What if it's only on Game Pass? I don't give a shit. I'll buy Game Pass for it. Yes, we've done it. So running but joke. But I'll also try to get a physical. I get forced to admit that he'll buy Game Pass. And he's been no up to now, so that this is a win. If this is the uh, only I, way I, I to get it on Game Pass. I would, however, I doubt it. We gotta I'm get close to him. Like he's got to make Scalebound happen. He's got to do it. 
Dude, I'd get it on Steam, though, because I want to own it. I think this will be okay. Uh, TJ said they essentially need to look at Monster Hunter Horizon, see how those guys make it work. But the main thing is managed. They need to ensure that they're managed. I can understand the concern there. I do. I do I get. Don't, that. I don't understand the concern there because what has Platinum done where they don't? They aren't it's, managed. It's not, it's not about that. TJ's TJ's issue comes from Xbox's side of things, which we talked about earlier, where you know they need to manage their studios so their studios are putting out consistently good work. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I think that's what he's saying. Platinum but... standard, but like, or but like, they don't own they don't own platinum. You know, it might be tricky on that side. I don't know. I don't know the legal stuff, but you know, Dude. I agree that they do need to like, hey, this is what we want. This is how we want it. And Dude, like... it's co-op too. Uh, yeah. A, there, I saw player three. Dude, he's got different drag. Ah. Jeff, Jeff, send uh, producer Jeff. Send me all those trailers you have. I need, I need them for later tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. All right. Well, let's move on before... Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm good with moving on. Let's talk about Callisto Protocol. Um, we have a few headlines we're going to get through here. None, none of them are really good. None of, none of them really good. Or neither of them really good, because there's only two. Uh, first up, uh, former Striking Distance developers uh, say key folks were left out of the credits of the game. Uh, coming from IGM, Strike IGN, Striking Distance Studios is under fire for reportedly leaving developers out of the Callisto Protocol's credits. Uh, IGN's own reporting corro- corroborates the accounts that key names were left out of the game's credits. And IGN has heard that issues with crediting on games directed by Glenn Schofield date back further than the Callisto protocol. In a report originally from GameIndustries.biz earlier last week, uh, sources told the publication that an estimated 20 developers were admitted from the Callisto protocol's credits. IGN spoke to two former employees of Striking Distance Studios, both of whom worked at the company during the development of Callisto protocol, and have confirmed details from the report. One of the employees that IGN spoke to was included in the credits, despite working with the company for less than a year of Callisto Protocol's development time. However, they told IGN that some key folks weren't added to the credits. Uh, the quote, I can tell two people weren't added to the credits, the developer tells IGN. One of them, I have a feeling it was because of drama within the department itself, and that's why they weren't added. But the other one, I'm shocked, because they worked on some key elements that had started coming up with design features that are in the game today but they aren't in the credits at all. The former employee suggested that the the blame could fall on the department leads rather than the higher ups at striking distance studios like CEO Glenn Schofield. This source says that higher ups don't know everyone who came and went from striking distance because of the high volume of turnover during Callisto Protocol's development. However, our second source does place some of the blame on Schofield. This former employee says that the work they worked at striking distance for over a year and were left out of the credits for Callisto Protocol. Uh, quote, it feels really awful to be left out of the credits for these games. It is hard to describe just how bad it feels because it cannot be corrected. These discs, discs are out there in the world, and there isn't a server-side hotfix that can be released that will magically make all the time and effort I spent suddenly be recognized. It may be simple carelessness or lack of follow-through, but I think that is emblematic of their general stance toward their employees. Just an afterthought. So, number one, if someone worked on the game, 
Put their name on. Put their fucking name in the credits. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with them? Yeah, that's... Like, I don't give a fuck what the reason is. Oversight, or, like, they weren't very good. Like, you can't fuck up the credits of a video game. Yeah. Like, that's, like... You can't do that. No, that, that's not fair to... That's not fair to anyone. That's not fair at all. Some people worked on this game, like... That's like job history. Yeah. It's like you, you go to you go to apply for EA and they're like, what were you doing for the last six years? I was like, well, I was working on, on Callisto Protocol at, at striking distance. And they're like, we don't we have no records of that. Like it's that's, bad. That's, the, it's that's like like what? Did they do a bad job so you took their name off the group project? What the fuck? Well, that's still not a good reason. If anybody contributed to the final like look at Metal Gear five. Like Kojima and Konami were fucking done. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to grab it because it's over there, but, like, look on the on the case. It says, a fucking Kojima game. Isn't he in the game, though? Like, actually, as a character? I think he might be, but, like, literally, yeah, like, he is. Yeah, this he is, is a is. Kojima game. And, like, the, the breakup between Konami and Kojima was before the game launched. So, like, Konami could have absolutely just been like, fuck Kojima. But no, they left his name in there because you don't do that. Also, you shouldn't, like, that shouldn't be the standard uh, Kojima level where he's at, he's close to the top. Where I, you, but you get my point. Yeah, people at the bottom still do. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Calling the bottom. Thing about game development, I know it's all hard, but sure. yeah, you can put work into it. Did, your name should be on it. Now, That's my cool. question is: Did they remove? Did they like remove their work from the game? Is their work oh. still in the game? No. One of the, one of the quotes literally says that this person. Hold on, I'm gonna pull the quote up again. Give me one second. Um. Uh, the other one, I'm shocked because they worked on key elements and had started coming up with design features that are in the game today, but they aren't in the credits at all. That is a direct quote from a developer that spoke to IGN that worked at Striking Distance. Can't they sue? I don't know if you could sue, but it's just really scummy. It's technically stolen work at that point. If there's no credit on it. Well, let's go to the chat real quick. TJ says, if someone worked on the game, Put them in the credits. I believe some companies have mandates. Might be three months, six months, or a year. It's not just about you worked for the company. It's how long. And I can understand that, but I think that at the end of the day, if your work made the game, like, it'd be one thing if they, they hired someone and, like, he did some concept art and they didn't use any of the concept art or, like, something along those lines. Sure. Okay. But yeah. if, if anything that you did can be found in the game yeah, this through non-hacking... Yeah. Like measures, like you got a credit. Yeah, these complaints are coming from people. It sounds like these complaints are coming from people who know that their work is in the game. You know, it's not like they they know that their work is in the game. They can probably see it. In also, that way. Yeah. yeah, and also so, like to there's two. There, I have two things to, against TJ's comment. Um, no offense. It's just that a if you even if you're a contractor, it does not matter if you did like most music is contracted. It's not in-house, so they have to be in the credits. And then on top of it, there is a special uh, waiver that they would have to sign. If, it's, if it sounds like you're kind of implying there's like some apprenticeship type thing before you get your, your, your uh, time in the light, so to say, if, if that is what you're implying, um, even then there's paperwork that would also then um, – have them not be able to talk about it anyway like oh you work under let's just i'm just gonna use kojima for example i worked under kojima for three months and then i quit but my my i made the main character my main character's in there like okay 
and but you sign this thing that the credit goes to Kojima. That's you can't do anything about it. It doesn't seem, but then you also can't talk about it. So it doesn't seem like that's the case here. No. No, I agree. So, yeah, I agree. It's, just, it's just scummy. It's scummy, as you said. It is very scummy. How do you yeah. how do you do that? That's that's weird. In this day and age, that's so weird. Yeah, uh, and apparently, according to the IGN article, it it says that it's not something that uh, something Glenn's done previously. Uh, going uh, continuing on down the article, um, this source had, uh, one of the sources had experience working with Showfield at the director's former studio, Sledgehammer Games. Uh, according to this developer, crediting issues date back to the last few games Showfield directed, um, namely the trio of Call of Duty titles they worked on, Modern Warfare 3, Advanced Warfare, and World War II. Uh, quote, I worked for Glenn Showfield for multiple years at Sledgehammer, and I heard similar rumors of people left off the credits of Modern Warfare 3. From my own experience, I can verify that people were definitely left off the credits of Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. According to this source, the narrative producer on Advanced Warfare received explicit orders from Glenn Schofield and Sledgehammer's Michael Condry regarding the content of the credits. This source says their biggest personal snub was, for World, was World War II. Uh, quote, I worked almost two full years on Call of Duty World War II and was left off the credits simply because I left the studio before the game shipped, even though I'd worked like hell for that company and on that game. Uh, Striking Distance Studios has previously dealt with criticism for Showfield's comments on a possible crunch culture at the company. Uh, in a now-deleted tweet, Showfield wrote, We are working six to seven days a week. Nobody's forcing us. Exhaustion. Tired. COVID. But we're working. Bugs. Glitches. Perf, perf fixes. One last pass through audio. 12 to 15 hour days. This is gaming. Hard work. Lunch. Dinner. Working, you do it because you love it. Those are the people whose names should be in the credits. That I, I like. Yeah, I kind of I, I agree a little bit with what TJ said, but these are the people who were like, we're putting in all this time. We there's those names should be in the credits. I think that's that just yeah. Um, yeah. to kind of close up, the former employee with experience at both Striking Distance and Sledgehammer has told IGN that crunching on Showfield directed games dates back to Call of Duty days. Uh, people were 100% rewarded for simply working all day, every day, including weekends, and it was heartily encouraged. This problem was exa exasperated by the discretionary bonuses we were all chasing. There was no way to tell how the bonuses would be decided, so people would just burn themselves to the core in order to hopefully be viewed as providing the kind of service that the studio's heads were looking for. Um, crunch culture is fucking scummy, too. It's been scummy yep. for years. Yeah, it has been. It hasn't changed for all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Glenn Schofield and, and Striking Distance, um, you know, between the credits and the crunch tweets and all that stuff, not necessarily a good look. Now, the game was kind of met with mediocre response, um, reception, critically. Um, but based off our yeah. next headline. Sorry, oh, guys. So, wait, real quick before we move on. Still, he needs that first portfolio to get more work. Yes, that's it. So that's just not cool that this, and they did it to him multiple times, it seems, in multiple games. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people who are talking, who are speaking out, sound like they have 
they they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, again, if one of those employees worked at Sledgehammer with him for three Call of Duty games, keep in mind that's a three-year cycle because they have Sledgehammer, Treyarch, Infinity Ward. Yeah. You, that person worked under Glenn Schofield for, for like for like nine years, yeah. maybe like seven or eight if you like t- like twist the dates in a way. But like we're talking like a good chunk of years. There's no so almost a decade this dude worked for this guy never then, got a credit right and if you're counting striking distance that's more than a decade yeah i don't think this would be a news article if these were people who were like there for three months and maybe they were just coloring walls or something you know like doing something small just, these yeah. sound like they're coming from people who put yeah. hard work into it. i mean ign like they verified what they've yeah, done the guy who made ghost. <laughs> that's funny um all right but so update like i'm surprised you can't update the game in a way where you can but the credit you can but the problem is the discs are out in the wild like people are going to play these games off the internet it's a single player game it's going to happen and like people aren't going to update the game or whatever and like i don't know i see but i see your point but there is still at the end of the day the hard disc the hard copy of the game does not have their name in the credits but that leads us to part two of the this callisto protocol discussion uh, the Callisto Protocol reportedly fails to recoup its $162 million budget, uh, and the game may be considered a financial flop. <sighs> well, while the Callisto Protocol may have mixed reviews regarding its gameplay, it is one of the most visually stunning games of this generation, says thegamer.com. Um, according to MK Odyssey via VGC, the Callisto Protocol cost $200 million W-O-N, which is $162 million. Oh, I'm sorry. $200 million won. I don't know what won, what currency that is. Which is $162 million to develop. Um, the game was so costly to make that it was referred to as Quadruple A. Which, in game development, I've never heard of a studio refer to Quadruple A and it be good. <laughs> that's just one thing I want to say. Uh, that's, a re- that's what we would call a red flag. Yeah, when you say Quadruple A, it's almost always a red flag. The only other quadruple A developer I know, the initiative, the initiative. Right. So like they haven't put out anything, and it's it's already like a quadruple A is thrown around a little bit though. It's okay. not often, but it happens from okay. time to time. It's um, literally code for we spent way too much money on this game. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah Devro said that Juan is South Korean currency. Ah. Anyways, uh, so it is a budget even more notable considering the game was a new game in a genre that is relatively niche. Or niche. Uh, according to Samsung Securities, the Callisto Protocol has reportedly missed sales targets, which has forced Krafton investors to lower their target stock prices. Korean games giant Krafton published the survival horror title and has expected to, had expected to sell around 5 million copies. But current cumulative sales has the Callisto Protocol at only around 2 million copies. Expectations are now that the, blo- the stockbroker thinks it will be a challenge to reach the target. The game received mixed reviews, which is apparently down to its single-player focus and relatively brief runtime, according to translated article, um, which I think that's ridiculous. Those two things are not what make a game flop. Um, and the poorer-than-expected sales have contributed to Crafton's value falling. Uh, to put the sales target into context, a title in the sur- same survival horror genre as Callisto Protocol, Resident Evil Village, managed to s- shift 6 million units in its first six months. Capcom series has a strong profile and came out to good reviews, so a 5 million target for Striking Distance Callisto was confident, to say the least. Um, 
the budget for AAA games is getting increasingly expensive. Uh, they go on to say that um, maybe they should stop making them. <laughs> no, AAA games are important to make. I, I think AAA games, like I think they have their place in the industry the same way indie games do, and like all other kinds of games do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just not good news yeah. coming out for Striking Distance and for Callisto Protocol in general. Yeah, I think I think people were expecting a Dead Space, a, a more of a Dead Space game. Because that's the same guy who did Dead Space, and it just didn't, it didn't get there. And then also on top of that, you have the Dead Space remake coming out soon. So it's like, didn't that know, already, didn't that just come out actually? No, they put out another trailer for it, but it's coming oh, okay. out. It's coming out sometime this year. What? Dead Space. Dead Space remake. That comes out next week. Okay, so that yeah, that comes out. I think. Yeah, that comes out next week. People, if you were like, I feel like more people were waiting for that than the Callisto Protocol. Like, that's a fair point. Timing could be like, maybe, and I also heard it, it doesn't live up to Dead Space. You know, like what people remember from Dead Space. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Visually striking game. Yeah, very, but, very pretty game. But, well, Forrest wouldn't find it pretty. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's spoopy. I'm done. <laughs> Where is, so wait, I just, this is unrelated, and I don't know why, but my brain just unlocked a memory that's happening a lot today. Um, anybody remember Infamous? Yeah. Yeah. Where where's where's Infamous Three? Where's that at? Infamous Three came out, didn't it? Or um, am I thinking of Infamous Second Son? Yeah, one was the last one for the PS4. Yeah, there were three Infamous. There games. were three games. Yeah, there was. Are they getting a new one? Is there anything on the Infamous? I don't think so. Who made Infamous? Can you look at it? It's definitely a Sony. Um... It is definitely Sony, but what Sony developer made it? Is it Gorilla? I got it. I'll look it up. Devro's on it right now. I think it could be Gorilla. I honestly forget because it's been so long. Uh, meanwhile, in the chat, TV says, unfortunate. Average reviews didn't help. Dead Space Remake isn't helping. Triple H, Triple H, Triple A games are expensive. Triple H. Uh, stick microtransactions into the games. I don't really necessarily agree with sticking microtransactions into games. Well, well, what? Why? I think why, TJ. Why micro? I think TJ saying go microtransactions to uh, to help uh, cover costs. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think a good game needs it. I mean, look at Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I don't think that game had any microtransactions. So it, this is where, like you mentioned before, this is a very short game. I don't even know where microtransactions would fit in this game. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, again, one playtime. Put another quarter in. I mean, again, again, I know it's. I know it's under the Star Wars banner, but I think you look at the success of Jedi Fallen Order, and that's all you need to know in terms of like you can make a triple A single, strictly single player game. That's going to sell very well. You don't need microtransactions for it. You just got to make a good game. And to answer your question, Ant, it's Sucker Punch who does the game. Sucker Punch. Yeah. And PJ just yeah. said it too. And as of too. July 2020, they announced that they have, they they thank their fans and they have, um, they addressed rumors about Sly Cooper and Infamous where they were saying they have no plans in the foreseeable future. So it's, it's like, they could. They what could are they happen. working on then? I have no idea. Oh, because well, oh, that's because Sucker Punch went and made, um, Sunset Overdrive, after Uncharted, un, uh, after Uncharted, after um, Infamous, right? No, it's the same developer, isn't it? No. Uh, you sure? Yeah. Uh, that is. Sunset Overdrive was Sucker that's Punch. That's Spider Man. That's Spider Man. Sunset. The people who did Sunset Overdrive did Spider Man. Uh, okay, that's what I'm. I, I'm I can't remember the name of the studio right now, but. Okay. Sucker Punch does. Let's see. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see eventually what they're working on. Maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Insomniac did Spider-Man. I think they're working on a sequel for that. I don't... Insomniac, yeah. Insomniac did um, 
is doing Spider-Man. They, they previously yeah, did. you're right, you're right. Yeah, you're Sucker right. Punch is doing Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, you're correct. That's cool. Uh, that. Ghost of Tsushima was was great. Yeah, TJ is. He's like Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I still need to play that. I'm, I'm getting caught up on the PlayStation games from really? last generation. You never played that? I just don't have it. Yeah, I just haven't Ooh, played it's it. So yet. Pretty. It I was know, like the, I know. It was I like know. the next. Um, I I didn't play it, but I watched uh, He May play it. I watched my wife play it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I, I literally like, I didn't even want to watch her play it. It was just so pretty. I just sat down it's and started watching it. Yeah, I fell behind on the PS4 era, so now with my PS5, I'm trying to go back and catch up. And like I said, I played Horizon and God of War last year. Yeah, Gameplay-wise, I think it fits around like Horizon Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah cool. it's Assassin's Creed mixed with like barely Sekiro. Yeah. Mostly, I would say mostly Samurai Assassin's Creed. Okay. All right, let's get to our last news topic of the day before we move on with the show. Uh, this actually came out today. Um... <laughs> It is our final update of the day for the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition. It's not a lot, but it is new newsworthy. Um, it's a meme at this point. I can't. We, I, we say that every week. I'm so sick of saying Microsoft Activision back was of Activision Blizzard. It, I'm so sick of saying. Yeah, ready, kids. Hi, Captain. Activision Blizzard. All right. So Microsoft's Activision deal uh, is going to continue to face EU scrutiny. Um, Microsoft is reportedly likely to face objections from the European Commission to the acquisition. Uh, Reuters is reporting that the European Commission is preparing a statement of objections to the deal, which will be sent to Microsoft in the coming weeks. Microsoft may be forced to offer more concessions to the EU after it tried to ease concerns with the 10-year deal offer um, for Call of Duty to be on Sony and in the agreement with Nintendo. So basically all that this update means is that the EU is getting ready to ask for more shit. That's annoying. It's very annoying. It's like, okay. Like, I, I, it's just an annoying thing where it's like, this deal should just go through. Yeah, if, if you know what, do a 15 or 20 year thing and just get it over with. Just Seriously, and, yeah. Like, if your plans are to keep it on there forever, just do 20 years, you'll make people happy. Right, because I have to shut up. The problem is that I completely understand where Phil's coming from, where like, it would be really stupid legally to be like a contract that says, hey, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's dumb. There's no contract like that. Even, con- like, like I'm sure Game Freak and, and Nintendo, like, they don't have a forever contract. It's just like, hey, we'll, we'll touch base in a few years. Like, because I don't, Microsoft, or Microsoft, Nintendo doesn't own Game Freak. They're a second party, technically. Okay. I, I'm, I could be wrong, but they're not, Game Freak is not a first party developer for nintendo no you're right you're right they they both equally own uh pokemon yeah so it's like a 50 50 yeah but my point is that like there's there's more to it than that you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. like i don't know just do like a 20 year like it's it bite the bullet you know microsoft will just have to they'll be forced to keep it on other consoles for 20 years which right is a good thing sure and you know just get the deal over with uh, i mean i don't know yeah i agree with that it looks like they, like you you know they want to say yes they want to get it through Mm-hmm. They're just going to ask for more, and Microsoft's yeah. going to give them more. So, Yeah. All right, well, that's the news headlines for the week. Uh, Devro, so at this point of the show, we go through the game releases for this upcoming week, and, you know, we talk about if there's anything we're looking forward to. Okay. All right, so first up, and some of these do get silly because they're just weird games. Okay. Um, first up is Gigantosaurus Dino Cart. 
for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That comes out tomorrow. Uh, coming out on January 19th, A Space for the Unbound. Coming to PS5, Xbox Series consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, also coming on the 19th, Colossal Cave to PS5, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC. Uh, and then lastly on the 19th, we are getting Persona 4 Golden and Shin Megami Tensei, Persona 3, I don't know why I said it like that, Persona 3 Portable. Um, both of these games are coming to Xbox Series consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Ironically enough, Persona 3 is coming to PC, but not 4. I don't know if 4 is already on PC. Um, both of these games are launching on Game Pass as well on the 19th. Um, coming on January 20th, Fire Emblem Engage coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I mean, I consider this the first big release of the year. Um, obviously, Fire Emblem not huge with everybody, but I mean, I, I fucking love Fire Emblem, so I'm down for that. Uh, Forest, cover your ears. Coming on January 20th, Monster Hunter Rise to PS5, Xbox Series consoles, PS4, Xbox One, including okay, so I got a little update on that, but oh. we'll get into it. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it when I'm done. Um, January 20th, we also see Move Over Monster Hunter Rise because we see the release of Pocket Card Jockey Ride On for the iOS. That iOS. is the game. That is my game I'm most hyped for, 2023. Right. Okay. So that's it's the game. Fun. I can't tell if you're being ironic or not because apparently that's a really good game. Wait, really? Yeah, Pocket Jockey. What? I have no idea. What is this? It's a, it's, it was a Nintendo game. No, it's on iOS. But I'm saying it was originally. I could be wrong. I'm not I'll look it up, but... Yeah, please do. But what were, what were you going to say? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Forrest. Uh, so, okay. I finally bit the bullet. Oh, shit. On Wednesday of last week, or Thursday, rather, it was the last day of the winter Steam sale. <laughs> I got Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak Deluxe Editions on PC for 50 bucks. So under 60, under 60, I did not buy, I got two games deluxe edition for 50 bucks. That's an absolute steal for those. And this week when I was sick, I blasted through it and I'm almost caught up to where I am on the switch. So I'm like, maybe realistically, if I had one full day to game, I could be past where I am on the switch. So in four days, I only played for four days. I got all the way through Rise base game and halfway through Sunbreak in oh, four days. Yeah, you were just going through that game. I, oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, and I'm good at it. And but so though I'm running into the issue, I said, "Say again." Did you take a different approach to it, or did you? Oh, long sword and smack everything within a two-inch radius. That sounds like that sounds about right. Um... I'm Vin Jackson, baby. <laughs> All right, so guys, so uh, is there any big releases this week that you're looking forward to? It's okay if there's not. You know, we ask that question every week. Anything here striking uh, your interest? No, I, I wanted to ask. Well, but first I wanted to go back to Pocket Jockey. Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. So it was published by Nintendo. Uh-huh. Uh, it is a cult classic. I've heard it. I've heard the name thrown around. People love this game. Hmm. It was only on the Nintendo 3DS, so having it come to iOS is like a big deal. Oh, what? Bro, do you have your phone? Yes. Okay. Um, but I wanted to ask. Are you going to play Monster Hunter because it's coming to Xbox? I mean, a, re a realistic, honest answer is that probably not. Okay. 
It's not that I have anything against it. No, I, it, dude. I don't know if it's my kind of game, and also I don't know, like, there's just so many other games I'm trying to get through. Especially because my biggest anticipated yeah. release this week is Fire Emblem. I'm about to dive into Fire Emblem this weekend. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to get to get into Fire Emblem. That's that's my big release this month, this week. Um, and I'm going to be playing that, so it's going to be fun. I was asking because Bill Spencer likes Monster Hunter, and he wants yeah. Monster Hunter he wants a version, so they're working on. Uh, I mean, I hope that happens, and like yeah. it, it definitely leaves it open for me. But like, even this week alone, in all fairness, like I would much rather dive into Persona this week. Like, yeah. a, okay. I'm very interested in Persona. It's gonna sound weird. Yet either, I really want to get into them. Yeah, you should definitely do that. I know. You know from the best game, honestly, if you wanted to get into the franchise and dip your toes in, honestly, I think you wouldn't like actual base Monster Hunter. I would think you would like monster hunter stories one and two i yeah i agree with that. i've heard that yeah uh those and i want to play them too i'm thinking about getting them next when i get done this big sunbreak kick if i can get them from the cheap um but yeah like uh what i'm trying to think what this month anything i don't think there's anything coming out june's my month man june's the month i die june is the <laughs> that's that, that's may may for me it's like uh, Zelda. All right, I'm gonna fucking just go play Zelda for June a is June. Is, is, like, I'm gonna be dumb as Zelda. I'm gonna be crawling out of the hole. Suicide Squad. Yeah, we don't know. Right back in. But they said the first half of the year. and then Redfall is probably well. We Redfall is most it's likely May. Game. It's gonna be a May game. Yeah. Garfield's and then Garfield's May. first half of the year. Yeah. So it's like that's that's June. If they, oh, if they boy. Keep oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Know what we're getting for Nintendo. We don't know really the second half of the year, period. Yeah. So it's going to be. Getting, we're probably going to get a Pokemon, and they're probably going to. When's their. Have they announced anything for their next direct? I hope. Black, so there's. Black comes out. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. There's some rumors floating around that we might get a direct within the next week. Yeah. I don't have a lot of substance to go go behind that. And also, Deborah historically does not like, like leakers and stuff. <laughs> like, I'll say, like, hey, this leaker who's well known said this, and Deborah's just like. Yeah, I which I understand. I get it. But there is some rumors going around. There might be a Nintendo Direct. Apparently, Sony's also up getting ready for a state of play as well. That's cool. Can't wait for the musical performance. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get into the topic of the show. Um, so, Skull and Bones got delayed. Following's coming from IGN. Um, Ubisoft has announced... For the sixth time, Skull and Bones has been delayed, as well as they have, they've also canceled three more unannounced games amid major changes in the industry. The underperformance of Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope and Just Dance 2023, and an upcoming restructuring. In a press release um, a few days ago, Ubisoft outlined a new strategy for the remainder of its fiscal year, as well as lowered expectations for the last fiscal quarter. Ubisoft explains the move as a result of the company facing major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles um, that can reach players across the globe, across platforms, and across business models. Um, so. Skull and Bones got delayed, as we, you know, as the article says, for the sixth time. Um, there's more to this, though, and we're going to discuss all of it, unpack it, um, but I just want to kind of go through most of the facts that we have. So, 
Ubisoft canceled three unannounced games. This is not the first time they've done this. They also uh, canceled, I believe it was like four other unannounced games a few, like a month or two back. So they're canceling games right now. They're they're having a lot of issues inside the company. Um, Ubisoft CEO recently told its staff that it's up to them to turn things around. Yeah, saw that. Um, as CEO of the company, one of your responsibilities is to lead by example, says Insider Gaming, uh, and help motivate the organization to do the best work possible. For Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimau, that apparently involves telling employees that it's up to them to turn things around financially for the company. Uh, in an email acquired by Kotaku last week, uh, Guimau told staff that he wanted their full commitment to the company's efforts moving forward. The email says, Today, more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. I am also asking that each of you especially be careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible. Later in the same email, he continued by putting even more pressure on his staff. The ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at the expected level of quality and show everyone what we are capable of achieving, Gimo said. There's something really toxic about, about what you just read. And just like, hey, this is like, it feels like, I don't know, it, putting it all on the developers and like not giving them resources or, I don't know. Where, just, uh, hold on, I got a, I got a message producer. Jeff, everything you have and make it as cheap as possible is what, is what. So, just, I don't know. One last thing before we start this full conversation, um, because I, this also came up today, which is just really funny, and I just wanted to include it into the discussion. Do you remember Beyond Good and Evil 2? Yeah, I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to read. It's still in development, despite a wave of Ubisoft cancellations. Um, on top of the six games canceled last year, you, so it was six last year and then three this, this week, so nine in total have been delayed in the last year, or not delayed, excuse me, canceled. Um, and they also delayed Skull and Bones. Many were wondering what's going on with Beyond Good and Evil 2, which was announced 15 years ago. As it turns out, Ubisoft says it's still happening. <laughs> it has overtaken Duke Nukem as the most delayed game. Yeah, Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, yeah so isn't that crazy? Now it's in the new number one. Oh, hold on. Uh, Forrest sent me a photo. Let's see what Forrest sent me. <laughs> Hold on, producer Jeff. Please get this on the stream. I'm tired. That's too damn bad. I sent uh, I sent Devro a meme too. Oh, you check, check your phone. Oh man. Um. Anyway, so Ubisoft. Let's talk about Ubisoft. Let's talk about what's going on there. What we think's wrong. What we think they could do to fix their problems. Um. I mean, I'm just gonna come out and say it. For starters, and you kind of really led me off with a great starting point, Dev. Bad management. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's really bad management. Um, Yves Guimau is not a great leader. Um, for the, I don't know if you, if you follow um, James Stephanie Sterling, they've they've covered Yves Guimau in the past about just harassment that goes on there in that in that company. A lot of bad stuff, kind of almost along the lines of Activision. It's it, it's not a very well run company um, from the top down, and just you, you see it here in the email, like you said, there's something very toxic. Stop it, he's already dead. <laughs> um, 
I think he said <laughs> me too just now. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the same one. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Like, that meme is literally what's happening right now. Dude, that is the most toxic, like, I'm pre-planning to bail on you business move. I've every stop, he's already dead. The CEO of Ubisoft right there on the screen. Um, yes, he's already planning to dip on them and blame them. Yeah, I, I, I just, it's just not, it's not good leadership, and that comes from top down. I mean, you, like, like, fuck you to say the balls in your court, developers. Step like down, dude. Ubisoft, so here's a big thing that I have an issue with Ubisoft, right, is the Ubisoft as a company, out of almost anyone in the games industry, maybe EA as well, complete trend chasers. These, like, Ubisoft will literally drop everything they're fucking doing. Instead of making the game, like, the best game it can be, they look at these games as, as live services, like we've discussed a lot in the past, where, like, you're just chasing trends. Like, okay, live services are big. Well, we're going to make Assassin's Creed so fucking massively open that, like, it takes three months to complete, and you're going to hate yourself by the time you're done with everything that you can do in that game. Like, it's just not, it's not a healthy way of making games. It's just, like... They made a few, like, no one remembers this, but they made a Battle Royale, right? They made a Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Battle Royale. It was completely made, completely finished. A month before launch, they canceled it because there was no interest in it. It's like, why are you making that? Like, why are you making that, that game? Nobody wants to see it. And they just wanted to get back in Battle Royale. So then they made that other one that I forget the name of that already died. Like, they're like Ubisoft is just constantly chasing trends. Yearly yeah, releases the, of games. Like, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I, that's pretty much my point. They're just constantly chasing these trends that's ruining their franchises. Yep. And it's sad to see. You know, we could just, could we just get a Splinter Cell game? I know that there's a remake of Splinter Cell coming, but my point is, like, how long have we gone without a Splinter Cell game? People love Splinter Cell. And I, I know that Ubisoft is big. They have studios in a lot of countries. I don't know. It almost feels like they have a lot on their plate. Sometimes it just feels like their 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 hands are in a lot. So it's like when they cancel three games, I get it. They cancel nine games. Nine, yeah, it, just, it sucks. But they're still putting out stuff. Like everyone complains about how big Valhalla is, and yet it was one the one of the biggest selling uh, Assassin's Creed games. So it's like it whatever the, whatever they're doing, it's working somehow. It's working financially. It's working in a way where they're not going to change. Well, I mean, I think they might have to soon. I, I think that they're. If you're canceling games on this level, where you're just going through your projects and you're like, cancel, 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 and you're telling your staff, hey, don't spend money, yeah, you are not in good shape financially. That's, that's just so crazy. backwards. So, so, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop in here. Exactly. Um, so no, it's so there was a Nintendo was in a similar situation at one point with the Wii during the Wii U's life cycle. Um, it is. You know, they weren't as toxic about it as this dude who's running the ship right here into the ground. Um, but, like, the I'm, I'm also, I'm still, like, fat, flabbergasted by the audacity of this dude to be like, is that supposed to be a pep talk? The fuck is that supposed to be, bro? Like, who are you? Yeah, it's a terrible pep talk. Yeah, that is a that's terrible pep talk. If that's my the thing that's like, they get good, like... He just literally told them, hey, don't spend any money, and remember, be better. Like, yeah. how the f is that constructive? Yeah. Bro. I do, I do also wonder, just on the other side, because, like, I know things got messy with COVID. People had to work from home. Are people actually – and Ubisoft is huge. They can't – like, they're not a small studio where they can keep an eye on everyone. So I'm wondering if maybe people are slacking off and maybe 
No. So this is a not good way to tell them. Either way, it's bad management, but I do think maybe there's like some truth into it. I, no, it'd be toxic management. Like it, I don't know. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Playing devil's advocate, and I get it. Yeah. I I disagree. I mean, like, like, can, yeah, no, I've been I've been around bosses like this. Yeah, I've been yeah. around bosses like this that they won't they won't take the blame, and they get the higher the money goes, the the more they're getting paid, and the less that the rest are getting paid, the more that type of attitude comes out. That is that is like the elitism, overpaid CEO bullshit uh, attitude. I see it all the time. And then also with the trend setting, I honestly see the CEO being like hella late to every party and every trend and being just like, oh, yeah, you know, remember, remember that uh, Battle Royale game? Yeah, they're not popular anymore. I know we just finished ours, but uh, yeah, you go ahead and cancel it. Oh, and then and then he finds out Fortnite's doing well again, like three years later, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, can we can we make one of the battle royale games?" And like, I feel like this dude's never touched a game in his life. He literally is just going by what he hears, and it's it's, it's, it's symptomatic of Ubisoft. Ubisoft used to be an innovator. Assassin's Creed was innovation. They used to set the bar. Now they're just copying whatever's popular, and it's 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 you're you're smacking one of my childhood. You're smacking one of my favorite franchises in the face because you can't stick to your goddamn guns it's almost like this dude needs to be like put somewhere in a corner with some shiny dangly keys and tell him to go look at the shiny while somebody's like all right we're gonna start a game we're gonna finish the damn game before he says anything like pick a game pick a genre stick with it finish it don't cancel it let the game be good or bad on its own merits you know, yeah, I, I completely agree with Forrest here. Actually, I think he's like he really fucking hit a home run on that one. It's like Ubisoft used to be one of my favorite like entities in gaming. I mean, like there was a time where like for me they couldn't do any wrong. It you know between Splinter Cell, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, like like they were just killing it. And like now, it it kind of sucks to see, but like Far Cry's lost its innovation for the most part, in my opinion. Assassin's Creed has went in a direction that, while I, yes, I enjoy the games, like, I actually have another article that I was going to kind of try to, like, blend in here, where you have, uh, for Assassin's Creed Mirage, you have the developers of the game doubling down, making sure that people understand, like, this is not an RPG, we are making a traditional Assassin's Creed game. When you need to do this, when you need to market a game like this, you've made a mistake. Because you are marketing a game to the fans of the franchise who are checked out and you're like come back we're doing the right thing again the same yeah. thing with star wars jedi fallen order the marketing for that game was fucking mind-blowing to me you know what it was it was like it's a star wars game it's single player no microtransactions that was the marketing for jedi fallen order that was it it sold a shit ton. and like it's, it's a good game it, it, yeah, it's a very good game i'm not taking it away but i'm saying like the initial reception but, like, Ubisoft, same thing. I personally, I didn't play Odyssey. I liked Origins a lot. I thought it was a really nice experiment. Valhalla, we've talked about it. I'm a completionist for the most part, especially for game franchises that I really love. I love Assassin's Creed. I went to complete Valhalla. I did complete it. I spent, like, two and a half months 
and I fucking hate that game now. You, but you did tell me you enjoyed the first. I enjoyed 60, the first fifty hours. Forty hours. I enjoyed 40, the first forty hours. Enjoyed the first forty hours. I think, and then I was sort of gone out. Yeah, it was too much. I think if you had gotten out, it would still it would be a positive memory in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I don't, I didn't like some of the story beats, but like overall, yeah, I thought it was a really cool game that was historically accurate for a good portion of it. And I think in defense of Ubisoft, if they weren't putting out games, having them cancel three games, that would be an issue. Like. It would suck. But they're not putting out games. Sure, but like, look, having a publisher, we see it with Activision, having a publisher let, like, rest on their laurels and put out one game, like, this is fucking Ubisoft. These guys own, like, ten developers. Yeah, they're massive. And they're putting out one game a year? Like, that's a problem. That's You want to talk about Xbox mismanaging? Like, that's mismanagement in game. It sells. That's the thing. We want to, we want to, like, we want to punish these developers, but we're giving them our money, and the game is, for 40 hours, good. You know, so it's like, well, yeah, I, I get that. It's it's hard to yell at them when they're still they're not. Treat your treat your developers better, and I think your games will be better. You know exactly. And I'm not so uh, this kind of ties into TJ's comment mixed with what Dev is saying. Yeah, so has got to be sure to blame the CEO, but employment employees managers need to take a hit too. CEO isn't programming or directing these games. Sure. They're not. However, the CEO sets the tone. Well, so my that rhymes because it slant rhyme. CEO sets the tone. If you have a shit work culture, who the hell is gonna want to work for you? So my thing is, is that yes, like you are correct in the sense that the CEO sets the tone. If the CEO says, "Hey guys, we are going to we have like we're going to make our next game this," you have to find a way to fit microtransactions in. You have to fit a way. To like stretch this game out so that way people are playing it for a year and a half straight. Like those types of things. Like that's like if you're a developer, you're instantly putting handcuffs on you, like mm-hmm. on yourself. Like you can't blame a developer for developing a game the way that the executives want them to. And that's yeah. the big problem with with third party And it's why I've also, I mean, just to relate it back, it's why I've really supported this Xbox Activision of, of Activision because, like. These third-party publishers, these major ones in gaming, are the worst. Like Activision, EA, Ubisoft, like these guys all have such strong franchises that we all fell in love with over the years, and they just shit on these IPs. Like again, like like where is where is Splinter Cell? It's been years. Wait, wait, guys, guys, guys! I was going over the financials, and I found where they could actually save some money. You know that dance they do every year at E3 for Just Dance, hosted by Aisha Tyler at the Ubisoft press conference? Who gives a shit? Cut that. I have a question for you guys. We all love Black Flag, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where do you, where do you guys stand on Skull and Bones? So, for me, I think Skull and Bones is going to... There's no way this game can be good. I disagree. Yeah. But no, there's no way. No, 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 no. This is, so, it's development hell. I, okay, look. Here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I love Sco- I love Black Flag. I wanted more Black Flag, and that's what this feels like. They've already shown gameplay, and the game looks okay. It looks, you know, 7 out of 10. There you go. A game work. that long only looks okay? Exactly. Only looks okay. I agree with that. Like, oh, if, if you're, So, literally, you said it in your own statement, Dev. I'm, I'm going to go against you on this one. I love yeah. you, but I'm on, I'm on Rome's side, which is weird. It feels weird over here. Uh, they say... If you, if the best you could say after this game has been in development hell and continually gets pushed back, meaning there is not enough attention being paid to it, 
and you just go, it looks okay. And you're not saying, no, 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 but it looks amazing. Like, bleh. yeah, no, that, that I'm, I'm worried. I press X to doubt on this entire game coming out. Good. Yeah, Look, it really, like we've, we've heard a lot of stories come out over the years about how this studio is just going through fucking hell for skull and bones. There is no way this game comes out and it's good because they were like, all right, guys, here's the final release date. It's coming out for sure this year. Whatever the release date was, I forget it because there's so many release dates this year. And then they fucking delay it again. Like, no, like there's no way that this game comes out and is good. Like, yeah, I like, just what are they, who's even working on it? Like, what what is even going on? Oh, uh, like, Ubisoft Shanghai, I believe. So how was, wait, how long has this game been in development? So that's what I was about to tell you. The Ten game years. the game was first announced at E3 2017. So 2017. It's been six years. Six years. Since it announced. So it's almost six years, right? So here are some games that have been had took they've been they took a long time to come out and they were good games. Uh, Jerome loves this game. Alan Wake took also six years. Alan Wake, you love that game. You made me play it. I, I really like that game. Sure. Your favorite Resident Evil is what? Four. Five. Okay. Well, well not five. Four. 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 Resident Evil four took six years. It's different. Okay. Like how many times? So no, no, no. Don't look at how long it took. Look at because you're also comparing. You're also comparing old dev cycles to modern day dev cycles. That's you need to kind of. It's like adjusting for inflation. You need to kind of essentially with also the tech back then was being pushed oh, to its absolute limit. For, for clarification session, are you saying from when it was announced when it was released? Yeah. I, I, another, another announced to release game that's also really good. And to big. be fair, though, Resident Evil 4 restarted development because it be, because it turned yeah, it into development. Right. It sounds like development yeah. hell. That's the, that's literally development hell, and it still is one of the greatest Resident Evil games. It's L actually the greatest. Seven years for La Noir. That's that's I've heard. I forget that's a game. Honestly, the only reason I remember that game exists is because of the press X the doubt meme. Oh yeah, that's funny. But that's all it's free to play. Yeah, it's free to play. That's a good game. The Last Guardian, nine years. That's why it was trash. I didn't. I played it. I played like an hour of it. It's fucking. with the weird dog. Yeah, it's the weird dog. Like I'll, I'll, I will literally die on this grave. Okay. Anyone that tells you Last Guardian was good, they're. Didn't play. Take your word. No, like whoever, like if anyone ever tells you Last Guardian was good, they're Sony ponies. Like that game's not good. It does. Aesthetically pleasing, but it plays like shit. I literally couldn't get past like the first hour. I was like, TJ agrees. You said you're serving us. No, and I. Team Fortress Two, nine years. That you. That's a cult classic. That's so wait, 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 wait. Now, now, that De De uh, Dev, I want to give you a counter question to your how many of those games you listed were pushed back as uh, many times yeah, as that, Skull and Bone? I mean, maybe like, mm, you don't know that. No, I want, sure. no, no, no. I want to compare pushed back to I'll give you, I'll give you one for, I'll give you one uh, for Devil or, or uh, Resident Evil 4. That was one pushback. They had to restart it because they accidentally made Devil May Cry, which is a fucking bomb ass game. I would also argue that that's not development hell. That's, that's, hey, this looks like a great game you guys are making. Problem is, it's not Resident Evil. That's not development hell. That's just them saying, like, that's shifting. But it's like, it sounds like halfway through, it was like, everything you did, we're going to put it for another game. It's great, but do it again. It for and it still has to come out. See, I don't. I honestly don't consider that development hell. Uh -huh. I consider that being like, hey, you guys are doing really good work. What are you doing? 
if someone told me to come in, this will be used for something else, I'd be... No, because here's the thing. Here's the thing you got to look at. You're saying it took six years to make Resident Evil 4? No. It took three years to make Devil May Cry and three years to make Resident okay. Evil 4. That's how you're going to look at that. That's still, that's still... Look at how both those franchises are doing in modern day. They are the top sellers in Capcom. Well, Monster Hunter's the top, but they're like one and two and three. So, again, like, I, I hear your point, and I do understand that, like, is it impossible if, to fathom that this might game this game might still be good? Sure. I mean, it's literally just Assassin's Creed Black Flag sailing mechanics in a in a live service game. There's but like that's. But I think we went full circle because I think the big issue with this game is not that it's been in development for six years. It's that they announced it, and like we said earlier, you 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 announced it and you gave it a release date, and now you're pushing it back. And it's one and of again, those things where and again and what, again. Yeah, what we talked about earlier with the Sony developer, I forget which was it a uh, Naughty Dog who said they want to they want to they don't want to announce their games too early. Right. Yeah. I think that's 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 another like full circle thing because I don't I don't think the game will be bad, but game loses hype. It looked I liked it in twenty seventeen. Then when they showed gameplay, I think last year, yeah, I was into it. But games lose hype, you know, and that that I wouldn't say this is losing hype though, like because this is them continually continually pushing back. How yeah, long did they just I go? Just, and, that's 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 but it's a game game development is hard, and six years to sure. you sounds like the average time. If it if it I, I'd even give it seven years. Seven years, years. I didn't agree with that point. Because every one of us will complain when a game comes out and unfinished. So I, every single one of us. So I don't disagree with your point. And I actually agree with your point. I, I think that I would rather them delay the game. Yeah. My problem is more so the established history that I've read about this develop this oh, developer. Yeah. This studio is literally going through a lot of bad shit. That's fair. And like the other thing is again, it's all about the expectation. So like for example, right? We're talking like let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom for a second. They announced Breath of the Wild too the year after Skull and Bones, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, no, no, not the year after. What was it? 2019 yeah, or 2018? We were we were watching E3 together. Yeah. It was 2018 or 2019. Mm-hmm. That game has taken so many years. But they also haven't shoved it in our face the way Skull Exactly. That's what I was saying. Six, seven years for a game. Just don't shove it in our face. But the problem is clearly the expectation, and this is where my point comes from, where I don't think it'll be good. If you're a studio, because now we're coming full circle to my point. As a studio, if you keep putting out these updates and you're like, it's coming 2018. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. It's, It's not ready. It's coming 2019. That means that as a developer, as a publisher, your studio is in a shit cycle right now. And that's my point. My point is is that it, it, it's not just about being public about it. It's you feel like these publishers, they are not announcing these. Like Ubisoft is not sitting here saying like, all right, guys, we're going to announce our date for 2019 just to look good. Because they know when they delay it, it's going to be a bad look for them. So they're not like they are legitimately when when – when a game gets a release date, a release window, they really are expecting to hit those release windows. Yeah. And they're not. And that's the problem. They found, like, for they them to do that means they found something fatal. Exactly. You're missing window after window after window after window. Like, I, mean, I don't know if you did this much research, but I would love to hear all those games you said. How many times were those games delayed? Officially, yeah, that's what Forrest was asking for too. In a in an official yeah. capacity, how many times were those games deleted? And that's the real question. I agree with you that game development is hard, and I also agree. Shigeru Miyamoto, well, we're gonna we're gonna do this where we say the quote. Shigeru Miyamoto once said, "A bad game is bad forever. A delayed game, well, you're just waiting for it, and then it'll be a good game afterwards. It'll be good forever." Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. And, and, and that's yeah. Skull and Bones. I, I, they're short. Sure. 
I, so I, I personally like the gameplay that I saw. And if they're, you know, if it has to stay in the oven a little bit longer, let it stay in the oven. I'll wait until the game. I just, I'm not going to say that uh, six years or six. Whew, dude, it's been delayed six times. Again, yeah, that, that for me, that's what does it. Like, it, it's the it's the failed cycle. But it's the cycle after cycle. I don't think it was announced to come out 2018. It was just announced. Like, it was like a, a trailer. I literally just Googled it. I literally just Googled it. And Google says, as of today, it was the six, no, six times. It was delayed six different times. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, if you could find the first release date that it had. That'd be, I want to see that. Okay, so the, I pulled this up on IGN.com. Oh my development... god, the whole last timeline. Skull and Bones has, development has been a tumultuous ride. It was revealed at E3 2017. It was set to come out in fall of 2018. It's last-gen consoles. And then its first delay was announced the following year, pushing it back to 2019. Uh, when it didn't surface for some time after, reports suggested that it had been quietly rebooted. Uh, it was delayed a second time in 2020, then again in 2021. In the meantime, further reports alleged a toxic work culture at Ubisoft Singapore amidst wider accusations of a hostile work environment company-wide. I wonder if uh, the anything to do with that. <laughs> Skull and Bones was later delayed to 2022 slash 2023. Then it was given a November 8th release date, uh, and then it was pushed back to March 9th. And then it was delayed again. Yeah. yeah. So again, for me, again, it's all about the cycles. The, the Ubisoft, Ubisoft Shanghai, the developer, the publisher, the it, the company is looking at this game and saying we are expecting this game to be done by 2018. And then they're like, oh shit, we're nowhere. We're really off track. We're really off. Like we're off. We're not good. 2019, 2020. Like that's the signs of that I'm talking about. There's no way this game could be good. It's not about the years spent. Duke Nukem Forever, we were talking about it earlier. That game was delayed so many times. Yeah, it wasn't a good game. So many, and it wasn't a good game. No, it was terrible. I, I bought it for the novelty of it. And, like, I played it, and it's not very good. Owned the worst game ever? What was the novelty? <laughs> it's not the worst game. Well, no, I, I purchased it for the novelty of, like, at the time, it's Duke Nukem Forever. It was like It was like a game, like, it was almost a mythic game when it came out. Because everyone was like, this game is probably going to be terrible, but, like, this was the butt of jokes for a decade. And so, like, yeah, I bought it for the novel. new joke now, but I, I do have, like I said, I like what I saw before, and gameplay-wise, so I, I do have hope. How many you know? years ago was the trailer you watched? Huh? How many years ago was the trailer that you watched? It was last year. They had like, this whole reveal thing last year. And I think there's, there's rumors that they're having something this year. Something soon, like within the next. Because they're scrambling. Because again, yeah, it looks yeah. terrible for them. Yeah. The optics yeah. aren't good. Yeah. Wonder why they pushed it. There's always reasons. It sounds like it's just development hell. But yeah, I still hope for it. Oh, I mean that makes one. I, think, of us. I mean, yeah. I would. Hey, dude, I'm always down to be wrong. Yeah, I'm oh, down to be wrong. The like, game's great. I'm just saying, it's very unlikely that it's good. We'll right. see. We'll see. I agree with Forrest. I, I think that it's very unlikely this game is going to end up being. A, a memorable good game. I could see this game releasing, and the general consensus consensus being, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it might be a. It plays like Black Flags sailing. If you're into that, is there? I want like at this point, I'm. I want it to just be like what's it called on the pirate? What's the pirate game? Sea, sea of Thieves. Thieves. I want it to be Sea of Thieves, but Black Black Flag. 
See, my question see, is, my my question is, when are the three of us playing Sea of Thieves? Because that's gotta happen. I want to play that. Waiting for Black Flag. I mean, uh, uh, Skull and Bone. Sorry. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying Sea of Thieves. I want us to play Sea of Thieves. We gotta we gotta figure that out. We gotta do it. When it buys Game Pass, or when Forest buys Game Pass, we'll play Sea of Thieves. So, so never. That means. So wait, when's Scalebound when come out? We were talking about um, yeah, Scalebound. So, I gotta get Phil Spencer on the phone. When Scalebound comes out, Phil, the three of us will play Sea of Thieves. Phil, we gotta make it happen. We gotta get for it. I'll be playing. I'll just be standing there, and then my I'll be playing Scalebound on my other monitor. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been this has been fantastic. Um, let's let's talk about um what we've been doing. You know, this past week, game wise and whatnot. Forrest has some stories to tell. Uh, to wrap up the week. Uh, so Dev, what are you playing right now? It can be something you're just gradually like anything. What are you What are you playing? Right yeah. Now? So I'm not playing anything big, but the game I keep going back to is Vampire Survivor. Oh, I, yeah. I have been a little bit, tiny bit addicted to that game. I've been playing it every day. It's a very quick game. I played a game like it. This game does it a little differently, a, a little better. Uh, yeah, I just like Vampire Survivor. And you're playing it on Game Pass, or you're playing it on your phone? I'm playing it on the app, the mobile app. Okay. They just recently put that out. I think. The yeah, Xbox Game Awards, right? Yeah, the Xbox app, no, or no, just, no, just the regular iOS version or mobile version. Yeah, they, okay. I think they put it out, announced it. I saw it at the Game Awards. I downloaded it and I've been playing it. Nice. At least once a day. Cool. All right, uh, Forrest. Uh, so, what have you been playing? And then you also wanted to talk about Magfest. You went to Magfest. Yes. Yes. Oh God. Um. So you know, I'm still doing my usual. Well, now I'm I'm ripping through Sunbreak, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm trying to get, I'm at least trying to get back my old armor set that I rocked and then I'll like do the other stuff. Like that's my goal right now in that game is to get at least like I have a super armor set and then there's a, there's an armor set that's the end game current number one best for my thing. And that's the real goal. But I will, I will then take a break from grinding that and kind of play casually once I get my first set back. And then I'll kind of just chill there. And I'm actually very close to that. I just need a few more, maybe like three hours of more play time, which I could probably clock in this week or Saturday at worst. Um, also still doing um, uh, terror raids every morning. Do some terror raids. Just pop and get some, uh, get some mats. Get like, dude, I have like 999 rare candies because <laughs> of how many terror raids I've done. Um, and like, you know, I farm... I was farming the score bunny over the weekend because it was back again. And then um, I'm getting ready for that Greninja. De so, Devro, you realize this is your fault, right? Is it really? What yeah, you're, you're his villain origin story. Oh. So we were talking a few weeks ago, and he's like, every every time Pokemon games come out, I, he Forrest would say, I would battle Devro, and Devro would just like kick my ass or like really beat me. Yeah, yeah you, you, he's, he's really, really good at Pokemon. So he's like, this time around, like, I'm, like, working out all day, like, in Pokemon. My Pokemon are lifting, bro. Like, Dude, they're training, they're grinding. Mac, IVs, EVs, the yeah, best. Like, you, you've turned a bit. You know that meme where it's, like, the mom and the son is, like, look away, Jimmy. I don't want you to see this. Like, it's too late, mother. I've seen everything. It's, like, it's like Forrest being a, a competitive Pokemon player. It's, like, it's too late, mother. I need to be in competitive. Yeah, it's too late. I've seen everything. I'm glad I can inspire you. You're in Dylan Origins. Did you just say I'm glad I can inspire you? Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, go ahead, Forrest. 
So then, okay, so not last week, the week before that, I went to MAGFest. I was actually going to tell you guys this story last week, but I got sick. Um, actually, not in MAGFest. I got sick the day I got back. But um, actually, I was sick at MAGFest. So Thursday was the, oh, my God, go see everybody I haven't seen in five years. Stay out till 5 a.m. Everybody's handing you a cup of something. And then I died. And then Friday, I didn't leave my bed. So one of the cool things that I learned about the hotel is that the bathtub can fit a full-grown adult in fetal position very comfortably. Um, I'm, I'm not kidding. I actually did learn that. And then, uh, no, but actually what was really cool and was normally like, you know, I've been waiting like how many years to go back to MAGFest and uh, to get sick, you think it would be devastating, right? To get sick, you're stuck in bed all day. I actually didn't mind because they did something very, very cool this year, and I actually want to be a part of it next year. I'm actually going to apply for a panel next year. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to apply for a panel. Um, I got a few ideas I want to throw at them and see if they'll take any of them. They're, they're always looking for people at all weird hours, and I think I could actually do a pretty good panel for them. Um, but what I want to do, or what, what they did was they had this TV, they had uh, cameras that were all connected to each other. And those that they all broadcasted to this channel 51. And channel 51 was on in every single room. So when you get to the hotel, there is a live broadcast of the cosplay floor of the game room, cuts in and out of different conventions and major events, cuts in and out of concerts. So you can, so like if a big, big concert is on, they're playing the concert on the TV. So just because I was dying in bed, I actually didn't miss a thing. I actually ended up seeing more stuff and panel-esque stuff in my bed than I normally would have any other year. That was the most MAGFest specific content I've ever consumed. <laughs> Say again? It sounds like you're promoting dying. You know, it's like, just go out and get shit faced because... We'll see a lot more. Oh, dude, it was so bad. It, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'll be I'll be very candid with your pod uh, with the pod right now. Uh, I I was I was like I I was like, dude, should I should I go to the hospital? I don't. How much is an ambulance? Like I was I was googling how much is a ambulance in Maryland. Um, <laughs> it was it was rough, but no, I'm fine. And then uh, Saturday, I played one game the entire time I was at Magfest. Now, for those that don't know what Magfest is, it is an entire, every single arcade cabinet in existence. Most fighters, most, uh, every rhythm game you can think of, indie games that are not even on Steam yet, devs are there, Nintendo was there, that was weird. Um, and, and, uh, merch, and you can rent any console you want and hook it up to any TV you want and just sit there and play it and, like, do controllers and everything. Um, I played one singular game. Do you guys want to know what this one singular game was? Yeah, go for it. Tell us. Old 1990s table flip arcade machine. All it is is you table flip in these obscene scenarios, and your goal is to create as much damage as humanly possible. So, uh, just to, I'll tell you one of the stories because my story is not as great. My wife was playing. And she learned how to do it, and she was doing it, like, with perfect technique. And she flipped the table. She goes and flips the table. It ricochets into the screen and then right back down, and it resets. She wiped everyone's score for the entire weekend. 
Well, to be fair, we prefer broken tables here. Usually. Yes, exactly. But no, then she redid it. And uh, so, yeah, no, she played a dead. She played a ghost table flipping her corpse into the funeral. And that's like just one of the scenarios. There's like a bride that's having a bad wedding. So she flips the bridal cake. There's a teacher that flips his teacher desk into the into the classroom and the classroom is full. So it's just like this insane, most extreme Japanese art. You would only see it in Japanese arcades kind of game. And that was the only game I played, and I played one round of it. And that was it. Nice. Sound like you had a good time. Yes. All right. Well, so for me personally, uh, this week I just want to show off real quick uh, just my new Amiibos that I got this week. So I got Sephiroth. Beautiful. <laughs> and, and Kazuya. Also pretty. I, I mean, Sephiroth one, is yeah. where it's at. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but other than that, I mean, I've just been playing Majora's Mask. I mean, I'm currently working my way through uh, the Zelda games, as we've talked about, leading up to Tears of the Kingdom. Do you do that every time a Zelda comes out? Yeah, usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but this time around, I don't think I'm actually going to make it. I think I'm just going to probably end up short, but we'll see what happens. Are you going to stop when I don't, Tears of the Kingdom comes out? Yeah, I'm going to jump right to Tears of the Kingdom. But I'm going to go back to try to finish. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I always do. I always do. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, right now I'm just playing Majora's Mask, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of this week, because I'll probably be done Majora's Mask tomorrow, because I'm going to try to save time between that and Fire Emblem on Friday. So, okay. But that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um... All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up here at the Game Room Podcast. Thank you to, for everyone hanging out with us in the chat. Please hit that like button, that subscribe button. We go live here every single Monday night at 9 p.m. Unless, unless Comcast fucks me over, in which case we go live usually Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Um, if you like pro wrestling, stick around on the channel. We have the Broken Tables Podcast usually on Wednesday nights at 10 Friday nights at 11. I think this week we have a little bit of a weird schedule. Uh, subscribe and stay tuned. You can follow us at our social medias down below. And once again, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Dev, I hope you had a good time tonight. Yes, yes I did. Uh, I will be back. Hopefully. Yeah. Talk, but... Dev will be back. Yeah. It's like at the end of the, the Marvel, Marvel movie. Yeah. It's like Dev, Dev will, will return. return. <laughs> and once again, Forrest, as always, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy streamer life, your virtual streamer life, to hang out with us. Thank and you for having me. It's always a blast. Producer. Absolutely. Producer Jeff on the ones and twos. Killing it. Yeah, he's killing it. Doing a great job. Jeff, do you have anything you want to say? Feel bad for Jeff. He has to be up early tomorrow. I found out minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it for us here. Uh, everyone have a good night.